Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Where's that then? And I can right say here. that because the sun did come out and today. Vaguely, yeah. It did come out. It's from hey, everybody. This is Eliza. Oh my God. What is that? That's my new intro music. What do you think? That, that's, oh. how, that's how old Liza is. <laughs> no, I, that is. That is just gruesome. Well, we do know that you like to dress up. And like half that movie is just tough dudes dressed up, yeah. beating the shit out of each other. I'm into that. Also in the room tonight, we've got Henry. Hey, what's up? On the board tonight, we've got. Bagel. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, we can. Yeah. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, we can. The bagler. Indeed. And on the classy girl couch tonight, classing it up, is Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. <laughs> oh, that was just so way. Hello, darling. Oh, so sorry. Happy Ooh. birthday, Mr. President. And wow. Happy birthday to Miss Emma. Happy birthday. Oh, hey, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Miss Emma. It was my <laughs> hey. birthday two days ago. Another year older. It looks How like old? you got a pearl necklace. <laughs> That's quite a yes. gift. You know what I mean. You're still yes. wearing it. Yeah, exactly. I am still wearing it. No, it was, it was a wonderful birthday. I stayed sober this year, which is remarkable for me. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, these things, you know, birthdays come around a lot quicker. As yeah, you they do. It's like, shit, Fuck another yeah, year. Oh, my God. I'm always like, hey, it's like we did it again. Made it another year. That surprised yeah, me. Another another around the sun, man. Also on the classy girl couch tonight, we've got Nah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're bringing it back since you oh. brought the fucking Warriors reference. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you used to do that at the roller skating rink, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. What if I did? <laughs> There's oh. no kink shaming around here. I can picture you in your short shorts. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you know who I don't want to picture in his short shorts? Mm-hmm. Naked Jim. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Can you dig it? <laughs> can you dig it? <laughs> What's up? That is much better oh, than man. the retching sounds that Emma kept playing for everyone ah, today. No, and that was a legitimate video. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Oh, was that the one where the guys ate yeah, the fish? Yeah, it's, it's the, oh. the the two British guys that they were drunk. Anything that starts they'd, with drinking milk. Well, is, yeah. Well, they they drank a lot of beer, yeah. and then they drank quite a lot of milk, and oh, then they were no. trying to eat that rotten Swedish fish. Oh, Storm's ring or whatever you call it. The yes, yes. Storm's ring. Yeah, yeah. The fermented cod or whatever. Yes, just bad. You know that makes me think. Maybe we should do something, a challenge like that. A misfit challenge. No, hold on, hold on. What if? Hold on. So get somebody drunk. Yes. And then make them drink a gallon of milk. Yes. And then they have to be your passenger, a pillion on your bike, and try and eat the fish. And you got to make it one lap around. (laughs) 
Oh my God! I'll be your passenger wow. on the way to the hospital. They'll, be, they'll wear an open face helmet, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think you should but make them wear a full face helmet. Yeah. And you just watch uh, it fill up. Oh, you watch God. the visor fill up with oh. bubbling. Yeah, vomit. but how do you, how do you keep uh, the, the, the 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 driver from from vomiting? Well, <laughs> well, that's the challenge. Well, it's that's uh, the challenge. Like I'll, I'll take a gunshot to the knees for two hundred, Alex. <laughs> So the question is: Would you rather be the pillion or the or the ride the driver? Uh, uh, great way to start off episode number three hundred, Liza. Well done. Oh, is, this, is this episode number three hundred? Something actually, like that. Actually, yes. Hey, Liza and the Misfits gang. This is Moto GP. Swiggy here from the Nokomoto podcast, and we just wanted to just send you a little thing as a congratulations on. 300 episodes and 1 million downloads. That's quite a landmark. Yeah, I think I've actually listened to all 300 episodes. Oh my God. Yeah, I think I tuned out for the years they had Mike on, award-winning Mike. But yeah, I, I think I've heard enough from the beginning and recently that the show's finally hitting its stride. Well, having listened to all 300, I would concur. Now, if they could just get rid of Knock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Keep setting records, guys. Love you. Bye. Like, uh, uh, like Herbie's. Shout out. Those guys are awesome. Like They're Herbie's, funny as fuck, uh, too. Oh, they are funny. We wish we could get rid of Knock, too. <laughs> like Herpes, I am a manageable condition. <laughs> just to require a lot of ointment. You can never get rid of me. Did I ever tell you the time when I was a sex. guest on their show? Oh. Do yep. tell. No, I was a guest I on the uh, um, NoCo podcast. NoCo Moto. Um, yeah. Do you know what NoCo oh. stands for? Uh, uh, North Colorado. Isn't there you it? go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we talked about um, obsolete English motorcycles. What a surprise. <laughs> and uh, <Yeah>. Suzuki, Suzuki <laughs> GT750s. Also Ooh. a surprise. Um, Very nice. So, yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, but it, they're great guys. They it really is are. our Thanks, 300th man. episode. This is kind of crazy. I mean, Knock, you've been here since almost the beginning. I think so. I came in like maybe 50 episodes. But, no, something. I think you were like sixth one. Are you fucking serious? You I think were, your episode like 20s or something. That's, it's pretty low. That's close to like at least 500 hours I can't get back in my life. <laughs> no. But yeah, thank you so much. Um, I never thought we'd make it here either. Or that we'd still have stuff to talk about. I know. How the fuck do we still have stuff to talk about? <laughs> well, you know what? This will be a fun show because we don't know what we we're talking <laughs> about tonight. We did not prepare. No. Uh, well, what, what's new about we'll keep that? Doing stupid shit. But I will tell you, I, I thought that was a, a, a funny message. You know, get rid of knock. We can't get rid of knock because there are times he does stuff that just cracks me up and i have to say we had another one of those moments when um so jim and not <coughs> were riding the uh, mini bikes i i dared them to race around the block which is around the police station and they did they took off yeah we were straight up nwa in it <laughs> oh gangster on our personal oh, mobility and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then henry and i did did it afterwards mm-hmm. but um I realized the best repellent because we're still I think both Jim and I are waiting to get popped by the police right we think that these are our mobility scooters they are now but I did find I think the best repellent and it fit knock so well and the video we got of knock wearing his fez riding around on the mini bike that was and there's there's a thing there's a thing that happens on the mini bike and you grin like an idiot and then you put a fez and it's like times 10 and he managed to do that yeah we're 
we're uh, going to start a gang. Or I'm going to start wearing fezes and, <laughs> you know, stealing your oh, patch tobacco. Fez posse. you got to come up with your own gang signs. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but uh, since I mentioned Jim and I are trying to get busted by the cops, we did something else yesterday. Mm, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, because you were all excited because you got your new dirt bike. I got my new dirt bike, but I haven't had an opportunity to go dirt biking. Yeah. And tomorrow's like, was a, or yesterday, I mean, it was a good day. It was all rainy and kind of dreary. Yeah, so we were supposed to have our Moto Food Tour, and this was the second time know, it's rained out. Now, this is good, because we've been in a drought for so long. Oh, for sure. This is good. Yeah, no complaints on So rain. not complaining about the rain, but um, it did it did stop raining in the afternoon. I mm. just rolled over to Jim's, and I said, let's go yeah. do bad things. I know. Of course, I, I, had, <laughs> I just got back from a ride, because we didn't do the Moto Food Tour. I was all like sick of being in the house so i geared up and went for a ride up the coast and it did look like it was like it was raining that hard but as the further north i went the wetter i got so yeah. i was like whatever no big deal you get wet it's not that bad so went up to half moon bay and had some calamari up at uh what's that dude what's that place sam's yeah sam's chowder house chowder house because you can always sit at the bar and uh so had some calamari and it's funny rising i'm getting up the lady's like oh wait can you hold on and i look down there's like a puddle below me like a whole lake of water <laughs> dripped off so anyway but yeah so then i rode the uh i was going to ride the mountains back down but i got up to alice's and went to go down skyline uh, but they had it closed for some probably a mudslide or something yeah it's, i was going to this probably yeah. a tree down yeah. so i had to go all the way yeah. back down it's been closed for like three weeks <clears throat> oh, has it? yeah so i went all the way back down to 84 and uh and then bombed it in town but i had just gotten out of the shower yeah he gets home warm, he gets, i was all pruned and wet and cold and, yeah, yeah he gets out of the shower i'm like Let's go do bad things on dirt bikes. He's like, mm-hmm, let me put on my boots. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool though. So we geared up and uh, it didn't. It didn't take much convincing. No, no, that's fun. Yeah, so we did. We cruised down the alley behind my house, and then we railed down the railroad tracks and down on the street, and then back on the railroad tracks for a while. Yeah, we were just uh, yeah going the railroad tracks. Um, How far Jim, did you guys go? Like uh, to the west side. Uh, okay. Jim bombed some guys who were building like an MX track and just hit their chunk. <laughs> He's yelling, "Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, locals only, bro." It's, it's not oh, a bad. Wow. It's actually a cool way to get from the west side downtown because oh, you know sure. it's a nice <laughs> shortcut and it's interesting. Like it's a lot of big chunks of gravel and then well not and then it was pretty much mud puddles. But yeah, these kids have this little dirt bike BMX thing and they mm-hmm. were shoveling it. We're all. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And so uh, cool. we went, we did like some construction sites. Uh, we mm-hmm. did some bike paths. We did some hobo camps. Yeah, some hobo um, cruising. There was just the, the median. <laughs> yeah, right. The <laughs> like the side, side of the road. He's just bombing through trees and grass. And we're just bombing. Oh, and then there was a train trestle. That had, like, broken boards and shit. It was pretty sketch. Well, it looked cool from about 100 feet away. (laughs) And I was, like I said, I was kind of tired from before. And I'm like, fuck, okay, we'll go over the trestle. And and it's, like, a very Santa Cruz-y thing. I'm like, I'll get my my lost boys on. You know, we'll do the train trestle thing. (laughs) And as I get up to it, you can see the the spaces between the railroad ties are deeper and wider. And Mm -hmm. then when you get to the actual bridge... There's like a big 20 foot by 8 foot section of nothing, like Ooh. to your left. Mm-hmm. And like what, like a, a 2 by 10? Yeah, like a 2 by on. 10. So as long yeah. as you didn't have to put your left foot down, you're good. I know exactly where. But if you did, you were going to go like 15 feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah. Like, really? I didn't sign up for this, but it got better because then once you made it past that, the boards were pretty rotten pretty much for the best rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Liza's yelling, wait, this one's breaking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then and then uh, there was one point where we were on, I guess it's technically a university property. 
right uh, down mm. by Long Marine Lab. Yeah, that city. And, that's yeah. like homeless. Garden and there project. used to be like dirt paths. I'm like, let's go bomb the dirt paths. We go out there, and everything is like landscaped and paved. And I was like, oh, oh the Marine Center. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, I'll just do it anyway. I start to like go down one of them, and a van, like a university van, starts honking at me and pulls up, <clears throat> and I just ignored them. But we were on comms in our helmets, <laughs> so I'm just like, Jim. <laughs> I got it. Like a van is like honking at me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ignore them, but I'm gonna start waving my hands like you fucked up, yeah. and I'm just waiting here for you. And I'm like, I'm gonna keep riding, like I'm just kind of spaced out, and like I'm not really gonna go hooligan through this dude's field when we're actually telling like, about the hooligan through his field. You got right. your story straight before you yeah, got yeah, yeah. to fuck off. And then yeah. he turns around and comes, and I'm waving my arms like, no, you went the wrong way. You're supposed to go this way. And I got off the path back onto the road, and the van started to follow us. And I'm like, that's when I had my Lost Boys moment. Because it's like, you're on dirt bikes. I want to bomb off down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for people who don't know, Lost Boys was filmed here Mm -hmm. in Santa Cruz. You mean in Santa Carla. Yeah, Santa Carla. (laughs) So we had fun being a little bit of hooligans, not really tearing too much grass. And then I wanted to see what the top speed is of my bike and kind of test them. So we went out on a highway one and opened it up. What did he get it up to? Well, Jim says his was pulling evenly with mine, but then when we got up to the higher speeds, he backed off because his tire pressure was low and it would get sketchy. <laughs> well, I had no fucking clue. For all I know, I had like eight pounds in my front tire. Yeah. <laughs> like it was but 70. I, I found on that CRF 250, it has a very tall sixth gear. Yes. And like you're just like fifth gear, like you're doing really freeway speed. And then. It's like, oh, there's an extra. And it is so tall that you lose all power and can basically just kind of cruise. And I was full pin, and I was doing 70, and I managed to get it up to 75 slowly. Like, there was no power there, but it was comfortably cruising at that speed. Yeah, Honda kind of loosely referred to that as an overdrive. Um, It's exactly what it felt like, an overdrive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, well, and what's nice is that you got to remember you're riding a dirt bike. Right. You know, so you got a dirt bike that does 75 on the highway. That's it, all right. It is that gear that you always say, why can't my bike just have one more gear? Yeah. And it has that. Yeah. It's exactly what it, what it does. See, the thing is you've got to remember about that bike as well. In America, it's like an entry-level bike. It's your first bike. But that's a world bike. And in a lot of countries, that's that's the aspirational bike. Mm-hmm. You know, you ride your whole biking career, and you end up, you know, CRF two fifty. This this is the bike I want to end up with. So it's it it kind of fills a lot of shoes. I was going to ask how you're enjoying it because it wasn't your first choice, was it? You wanted a rally raid, and we couldn't sell you one. Yes, because I think it looks cooler. Yeah, well, it's like a mini Africa twin. Yeah. Um, what, did it, oh, okay. I guess the rally, they actually, you guys actually had a rally raid there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah, already we, spoken we, for? Is that what it was? No, we, we couldn't sell it, so we sent hey. it back to Honda. Look, oh, who, oh. look who's here. Open the door. Sasquatch? It's Bosley. Oh, yeah, Bosley. the Chupacabra of <laughs> Dude, if he was Chupacabra, that would be awesome. So, am I, 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 fuck up some goats, I kept son. interrupting you. What were you trying to say? So, uh, how are, the, the obvious question is thus, is how are you getting on with it? Um, I'm having fun with it. I'm still... That's kind of non-committal. I'm still like, I guess I'm not as comfortable on a lightweight bike. 
You know, well, kind of what I was saying, it's hard to get a feel for a dirt bike until you're like out riding in the dirt. Right. So the first time I, I told her what kind of where I really kind of figured out is your first moderate hill climb where you're on the throttle and a rear end's jumping around and the suspension's working. That's where you really get a feel for the bike because you're revving the high RPMs, yeah, yeah, yeah. wheels spinning around. So until you really get out in the dirt, it's hard to say. But, you know, we were kind of like doing some some comparisons and, you know, from a stoplight to basically to 70 miles an hour, the bike stayed pretty even the whole way yeah um yours for was, the klx so mm-hmm. yeah. um i have more news from monterey peninsula power sports oh there was mm. an there, there was another bike purchase too there was oh really yeah, oh, yeah. mikey three times mm-hmm. mikey three times came oh, into yeah, the right. yo <laughs> so he bought himself a klx 250 yeah like in, uh, in um the, the digital gr- digital camo i like digital it. camo that's yeah, cool and, Not, yeah sorry go ahead and he's already bought himself a, a pair of warp nine yeah super motard <laughs> wheels like, mm-hmm. i think less than two days later he was calling me no, what, same what, day. What no it was no it was that night oh really <laughs> that night, he sent me a link yeah he sent me a text about what, what kind of wheels to get and what size tires i'm no, like oh Oh I told him to get the the polished silver rims uh-huh. with the anodized green hub, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's going for it. It's I think he's going to go for it. Yeah, I think it's going to look. Yeah, he was asking me bike. for tire sizes and shit. I was like, what do you say about a one fifty on? The yeah, one fifty yeah. sixty. I mean, it's not as a big selection. Then of course, one twenty on the front. Yeah, so. but it's he'll be fine. So, with so it. how does that two fifty set up for a supermoto? I'll be fine. You think so? Yeah, yeah, it'll be all right. Around town, you could definitely get in trouble with it. I mean, shit, you're going 75 on the I mean, freeway. It's, you know, well, so. no, hang on. He's, there's, there's been 250 supermotos mm-hmm. around many times sure. before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's not going to be anything new. Yeah. Um, I think it'll make a fun little bike. You should do the same on yours. Lisa. No. No. It's my dirt bike. Okay. I just I just remember when Mikey was like, no, I got two sets of wheels and I can just swap my wheels out. And it's like, it was not simple. It's never simple. No one ever, you don't do it. Well, it's going to be a lot easier on this bike than it was. What it, is it, a KTM you had before or Husqvarna? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's better in theory. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it, the, the, the key's going to be just lifting it on a stand yeah that's what if you've got a bike that you can just kind of hoik up onto a stand and get both wheels off yeah you can switch the wheels out in that bike in like 20 minutes both of them easy so it's not that hard but it's going to be hoiking it onto that stand yeah. but you know he, i mean mike's built like a brick shit house oh, yeah, he'd probably yeah. just pick it up and put it on a wall himself you know the other thing even if you get moderate you know um uh um, like 50-50 tires, I found they were pretty grippy. Dual sport right. tires are pretty, like even knobby ones are, are pretty yeah, grippy. Yeah, I mean, dual not, sport not tires like, are sketchy in the rain, though. I mean, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you one thing I do love about that bike. <clears throat> the KLX or the CRF? The CRF. Yes. It is the only bike I own that has a gas gauge. <laughs> yeah, an actual right. gauge. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's a it digital block, Starling. It's not no, wait, gauge. I take it back. I think my Versus has yeah. it. Well, your KTM it, it, doesn't uh, yeah. have a gas gauge? Digi- no. Digital yeah. blocks. You know, if you've got five blocks, your tank's full. When you get down to one block, and then when that one block starts flashing, you're like, oh, better fill up. Hmm. Yeah. So, no, it is it is a good bike. Um, I need good, to try I'm it out. you like it. I was like... I. I still am not comfortable. Like, as we were bombing around, especially when we are riding on the side of the railroad tracks, and it's pretty big gravel. Yeah. I'm really not comfortable with the front wheel sliding around. 
and because we were riding like it's a it's graded down from the tracks and on big gravel your wheel kind of keeps kind of going sideways sometimes well, do you think yeah, that, yeah but that's not really a fault yeah. of the bike i mean no i'm just be, saying yeah, yeah i am still not comfortable right with the wheels moving around the reason i got into dirt biking so that i could get you know what? comfortable with it, the bike moving around to be fair like and i'm not there yet the front wheel moving around like that is it's really hard to get used for, for a lot of people right mm-hmm. it's it's just a thing like unless you ride dirt bikes professionally or like a lot or yeah. often oh, push it, the front end like I, that horribly it's a mental barrier it's, yeah and the problem i had is like we didn't do a long ride but when we came home my forearms were sore right. oh from arm pump i'm i'm yeah, i'm oh, i'm freezing yeah. up and i'm ooh, death gripping yeah death gripping yeah. when that thing is moving around because i'm so not yeah. comfortable well, so just, i'm trying yeah. to push through that it yeah. just yeah. like like everything it's just practice and i, I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is is because you don't you get nervous about it and the answer to a lot of it right is just is more gas because because you're trying to you're and trying i do to that it's like stand up and go faster and it just makes it worse yeah right. now well you're trying to bring the front wheels the way i look at it out of play like the front wheels right. not is just kind of bouncing along in front of you you know if you're wrestling the front tire then like you've got too much weight forward that's why i'm always right. like when i get that way just more throttle and try to get your, your butt back I'm, but, I'm, but yeah. you have to commit because usually off the throttle everything pushes forward and you're but i'm with you liza i've never gotten used to riding a bike on on the dirt i mean anyone here will tell you i'm a, I can, I'm a demon on the street I love street riding. I'm as quick as anybody, but on dirt, I'm just I'm gibbering moron. So it, I'm, I've never been that comfortable with things moving around. You yeah. know, I've ridden on the salt, and that's the same way. It's like riding on marbles. It's very, very disconcerting. Well, I mean, part mm-hmm. of it too is like if you spend like eighty to ninety percent of your time riding on um, dirt. And you, or on excuse me on street and then you get onto the dirt. There's oh, like a switch that you got to flip on. You can just like you know, think about it. You know, yeah. like well, some people like, could just do it effortlessly and it's like, well, it's fucking shit. But that's like, like when we go riding in the dirt. It's always good to do a bunch of laps on the dirt track first because yeah. you get you get all that mis- muscle memory <laughs> stuff comes back. Yeah, and, but it's like anything. Like when I go out to the desert, like I go to the desert for three or four days. When you that's come back, you're again. a lot better at riding right. in that kind of stuff. It's just yeah. it's just time. Right. You know? And so part of the reason we were riding around is we're trying to find like a field or a pit or a place where we can go and just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and yeah. work on slides and turns and just get used to, you know, braking, bringing the wheel around. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing left now other than the train tracks down the street. Um, there's not well, many places to go because everything's being developed here. You, I mean, strictly speaking, if you want to do the distance, you could ride those rain, train tracks all the way out to Davenport and beyond. Yes, except for the trestles, of which there are many. Hmm. Yeah, you got to be that, like right on the tracks as opposed to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. could, but at some point, I think you're right between the rails with. Yeah, and what's wrong with that? You. Nothing. Oh, that the the there's a big gap between the ties. Like you oh. can't ride it. Oh, okay. There, well, there's like two feet between some of them. Oh, maybe, maybe if you yeah, set up that's a, not good. Maybe I think you, you just have to kind of haul ass over it. Yeah, just, just set up a jump and you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> just go faster, more throttle. Plywood. And thrust we trust. Um, oh, but one thing I do want to share, I found something Y'all. that I'm sure... Hey, Isaac's hey. here. Come on in. Hey, what hey. up, dog? Um, I'm sure... Jim is sick of me hearing this, but I'm excited that I found something that I think is a good addition to motorcycle gear. What's and that then? If it's not You're cigar so throttle, excited about I don't want to hear about it. I, no, I think it is. So, for people who don't know, I have had in my possession for many years, like 
almost 20 years, I had this just a little blue windbreaker. It was nothing special. But what I loved about it was you could bunch it up into a really small ball, stick it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if you got cold, you could pull it out and put it either under your you know under your gear and just having a windbreaker makes all the difference. Yeah. Bosley's a windbreaker. <laughs> he is a windbreaker. <laughs> he sure does. And it it just went missing last year. <clears throat> oh. So I was at Costco and yes. I noticed they have these jackets that look similar and you can hear it sounds like a windbreaker. But it is in fact is a rain jacket. <clears throat> wow. And it is very lightweight. Feel it, Emma. It is a very lightweight. It's rain jacket, and it is flexible. It stretches. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. And I found that you, I can wear it over my big gear, and it fits. Does it, is it actually waterproof? Have you tried it? Yeah, well, I was wearing it today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's it. I I don't know whether it's just the backing and the material, or it's lined. No, it it's feels lined. kind of rubbery. Yeah, it, it it is lined. It's it's got two layers to it, and I believe it's breathable as well. Right. So, so it's uh, what's all, what's the brand how on much that? Was Not that? The brand like tw- twenty five, twenty eight bucks. Because I love Costco and I work in the rain way too often. Yes. <laughs> so go. this is uh, what what is the brand? Thirty two degrees. Cool. Thirty two degrees cool is what's on the label. <laughs> I mean, it's just a navy blue like windbreaker, but it is a waterproof windbreaker that is very lightweight and stretchable. It's the perfect kind of gear that you can have under your seat. Mm-hmm. For literally a cold or rainy day. I mean, the thing nice. really, you can fold it up and stick it into like a jacket pocket <clears throat> or something like that, too. And you know, it's Costco, so they allowed you to buy just one. You didn't have to buy a pallet of them. <laughs> yeah, I had to buy a, a, a <laughs> stockpile. But I think it's a good addition for anyone who's looking just for that extra little something, or if ever you're like, damn, I wish I had brought a. You know, a sweater. Like another layer or something. Another, well, that happens yeah. to us all the time oh, here. We have yeah. to layer here. <laughs> um, Everybody else just freezes to oh, death no. in different countries. Bosley's managed to get himself stuck in another wire. <laughs> I think that dog's going senile. He, no, you want to know what's happening? He's going blind. Oh, oh boy. <clears throat> I know. So we have another message. Oh, yeah? From another friend. Your pal Bruce from This Motorcycle Life, sending you love and cuddles from the frozen Canadian tundra, where you might be the only thing that's keeping me from sticking a fork in my head. (laughs) Thank you for everything you do for the riding community everywhere, and congratulations on what you've accomplished. 300 episodes and a million downloads. You guys are the apex predators of motorcycle podcasts, (laughs) which means I also fear you. (laughs) Also, Jim is my spirit animal. I just need to get that off my chest. Never change, Misfits. I'm a listener forever. Aw, thanks, Bruce. Oh, Bruce is a cool I love that. Cat, That's man. a really good podcast. Bruce he's from got going. The f- yeah, this motorcycle. That's awesome. From the frozen tundra. He's yeah. a cool cat. Wow, he is a cool cat. Yeah, we I met know. those cats at the uh, fucking motorcycle thing we went to in Vegas last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, that yeah, was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of them hanging out. Super mm-hmm. chill. That was a good time. Uh, Liza, I have to bounce right back out, but I want to stop by in part because something I've never seen before happened today, and I want to oh, share what? it. what? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I see people crash all the time for very stupid reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, like, hold on a second. So let's set it up. Isaac, you help run the MSF course. Or not MSF. Yeah, it's it, Total is... Control by Lee Parks. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah, for real, though. I'm, I'm not allowed to call it an MSF course. Right, um, right. CMSP, if you want to, that'll apply to all of it. Um, there you go. You're but, a writer coach, uh, yeah. 
But yeah, so I see people crash all the time. Uh, but today I saw something I've never seen before. Oh, somebody! We do an exercise called straighten and break, uh-huh. where you ride through a curve and there's like there's an emergency and you have to straighten and then break after straightening. Do not break while straightening or you will fucking crash. Yep. And right. so somebody did that. They they grabbed. He grabbed. Not only did he break, but he cranked on his brakes while still leaned over. Oh man! And he, so he immediately low sides. But that was the interesting part. Before he even finished crashing, he began break dancing. What? <laughs> he began break dancing, and I couldn't believe it at first when I seen it. But he 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 was low siding, so he's coming off the bike, and the bike slides away from him. And before he'd even finished sliding, he started break dancing, and he like he got a couple spins in, and like did the like hand down. It was yeah, like wow. he actually was break dancing. He actually break danced. <laughs> I thought it was an accident until he kept going. Oh, yeah. he just went straight from the low side. So anyway, did I he, did he I didn't miss- want that to die with me. I needed to share it. Wow. Did he misinterpret your break exercise? That is possible. Wow. He was a little bit out of it. Yeah, I, I, I did that. <laughs> the, no, the wrong break. Wrong it was break. less fun when he did the exact same thing on the next round. So, <laughs> um, he didn't break dance the second time, though. So, yeah, oh. so you are all going to have to carry on without me for just five minutes because I am escorting Isaac out into the parking lot. We're going to be doing shady deals. Yeah. What? Shady deals. I thought I smelled marijuana. Wait, Isaac, where you go? Tell us another fun story. Oh, that's what's what was Somebody uh, fucking up. Oh, God, something else. Wait, and are they doing this on your guys' bikes or their bikes? Our bikes. Okay. Oh yeah. God. I, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uh, we have a, we have some Groms now, mm. and the fun thing with no a Grom shit. is if you over apply the brakes, you don't skid the front tire. Yeah, you do. You stoppy. stoppy. Yeah. 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 So i I have had mm-hmm. a, I've had a couple experienced riders when we try and teach maximum braking who mm-hmm. who like they're like all right I'll do the smooth increasing squeeze on the front brake and they end up with their rear tire about two feet in the air. Wow. Which is real fun. <laughs> Dudes, we should go take the class on the Groms. Be careful. We only have two. Yeah. One of them has ABS, but Ooh. only on the front. So be careful with those Groms, because the weakest point, if you actually crunch into something on it, is the frame. It's huh. weaker than the triple trees. It's weaker than the forks. It's huh. weaker than the wheel. It will bend the frame right behind the headstock. That's the bad news. The good news is the frame's 150 bucks. Oh yeah. God. Isn't that crazy? Um, it's wow. nuts. But that's the weakest point. Huh. And I've done a couple of them. Fortunately, on our course, it's pretty hard to actually hit anything. Yeah, it's just going to drop. The, the only thing you can hit is a hedge, and I have had people go into the hedge. <laughs> they look um, right the first at it, person, huh? Yeah, the first person I ever had to go into the hedge actually was San Jose PD. Oh, God, Ooh. I bet that was, he was He was so mentally, he was great. He was totally chill. Physically, tensest dude I've ever seen. <laughs> so he, he, he tries to make a turn. Tenses up, survival instincts kick in, target fixates on the hedge, pins it, because his wrist was like in the sky, and so he drops it and just pins it. Hit the hedge at like 15 miles an hour, went over the handlebars, lands in the hedge, climbs out, and he's like, so that's cool, so what did I do wrong? And I was like, well, <laughs> where do we where begin? Do we start? Where do, yeah, where do we begin? Uh, well, you, gonna go you're going to have to come back another day. Um, <laughs> and crashing uh, is not an instant go home, but it, not at all. Not even close. But yeah. Isaac, I yeah, don't know if you've heard, but we've all been going and buying new bikes down at Monterey Power Sports. Oh, have you been? Oh, you haven't been down yet? No. I mean, I've been to Monterey Power Sports for sure. But I Do you know, know what's happening? Good. What's going on? We're going out of business. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Do you have a concourse? (laughs) (laughs) No, got a ZX-14, though. It's like a concourse. How much? Cheap. 
Dude, I got a CRF250. Mike got a KLX250. Justin got a FJ09. Um, Do you have an F6B? Uh, Dan just Dan got, got himself a, a... Versus 1000. It's a bumper buying bonanza. Yes. Do you have an F6B? No. You know what they do have? Triumph Tigers. Oh, we got tons. Tiger 800s. We got tons of Tiger 800s, and we got tons of Exploder 1200s as well. Got mm, a ton nice. of them. The Exploder 12s are very nice, because ours what I get for are being out kitted out. So Dude. we've got all the fog lights on them, and God knows what. Um, yeah. Dude, if you... If there's any way you can swing a new bike, this is the time to get one. There's deals. You yeah, well, it's not going to be any cheaper because everything's at cost. And Liza yeah. actually made out like a bigger bandit because Did you buy a bandit? she yeah. got she got the bike at cost. Plus, there was a five hundred dollar rebate. Dealer that we rebates, could apply. they're giving to you also. So, I mean, she got it at five hundred bucks less than dealer cost. That's pretty amazing. What'd you get? CRF two fifty plated dirt bike. A oh, the new ones. A surf two fifty. Those are expensive, except not for you. Or you, nice. li- or you, Isaac. Now's the time. Everyone's getting new bikes, man. Incidentally, <laughs> my boss Jim mm-hmm. hauled me into his office on Thursday with this incredulous look on his face, and he said, "I just want you to know, I had somebody call up from Mississippi." <laughs> who had heard on your podcast about the shop going bankrupt and wants a Rocket 3. Hey, that's awesome. Fucking right, Mitch. So whoever whoever you were, Mississippi dude, you friggin' awesome. Mississippi Rocket, son. Hold on a second. Is is this transaction happening? Um, Well, I mean, we can sell a Rocket 3. Which one of us gets to ride it to him? But the problem is it's going to be getting it out there. Well, he can fly it. Yeah, I mean, could fly out, fly out San Jose for a couple of bucks, and then rock it home, and then rock it home because I can think of no better better bike to ride across the country than a rocket through. I definitely can. Yeah. Oh no, it'd be great. I can aim about 132. I'd ride before that, but I would not put it on the no-fly list. That's for sure. Oh, it's just a big, heavy bike. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's an. I think his next question to me was, how many people actually listen? to that podcast like million Jim at least one you know at least one from Mississippi so whoever you are out there you're awesome nice so um you need to come around more stay in the loop I do yeah, yeah. We hopefully, hopefully this summer I can get scheduled more weekdays and less Sundays and I definitely suggest you go down to um, Monterey and go see what's there and just all I did was like well just tell me how much uh, I, I really didn't need a new bike, but you know, like, I put it on my. Credit I mean, there's, card. A, there's I a, a, the, a first world there's problems. A, there's man. a couple of things that everyone who's interested needs to know: is that the markup on bikes isn't great. Mm-hmm. So no. it's not like if you see a ten grand bike, you're not going to get it for five grand. So you know, don't think that's going to happen because yeah. it's not. But what's probably going to happen is if you see that maker's recommended retail price. So let's say the recommended retail price is seven seventy five hundred. Mm-hmm. By the time you've done dealer fees, did the tax, license, all that, you're into like eighty five nine thousand mm. DMV fees, DMV all, all that. that yeah. So what's going to happen? Buying a bike at cost is it takes it back to that recommended retail price. 
out the door. Mm. So that's, you know, if you see a bike for 7500 plus mm-hmm. fees, well, you're going to be riding it out the door for about between seven and 7500 So, mm. you know, you're going to save a lot of money. Liza saved probably two grand. No, probably about fifteen hundred bucks on yours. Yeah. Justin saved probably closer to two grand. But mm-hmm. these aren't half price bikes. I mean, you know, the 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 days of making thirty um, percent on bikes I'm, is long gone. I am starting to look for something in the range of a fourteen concourse. Fourteen concourse. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I still you, need to carry a ton of shit. I tell you what, we have got. But I want something from this century. I tell you literally. what, we we have got, which would suit you down to the absolute ground. Vulcan. A boat. No, we um, FJ's baby. We just got a a, a twenty nineteen versus one thousand. Oh yeah. Uh, put it the comes MSRP with hardbacks. I've looked those it up. It comes with hardbacks. I know how much they cost. How, m- how much do you think it is? Seventeen grand. No, no. it's not. No, it's not that much. No, oh, it's not the. No. no, it's not the fancy one. Yeah, it's the fancy. Does it yeah. have the cornering lights? Yes. <gasps> Bring that number down. Yeah. No. Ten. I don't think it'll be that cheap. Well, you should come down more. and have a look at it. It's beautiful. It's 11. white. It's white and grey. It's got the big versus thousand graphics on it. It's got the big cornering <laughs> lights. Things friggin' badass. It arrived after the news came in. We're like, what the hell? You know, and oh, the God. the um, the delivery guy said, "No, you were scheduled to get this anyway. Hmm. Just sell it, sell it at cost." Oh God! There you go. There's mm-hmm. your bike. Well, actually, knowing that, that might that might actually affect the gift I was about to give you. So, oh. mm. so there mm. you are. See, I was planning on getting a like concourse in like two years, a year or two, something like that. But you may want to look at that versus one thousand. Yeah, I, I should Good come down and have a look at it at least. If nothing yeah. else, seeing it in the flesh, it will take your breath away in the flesh. Those cornering lights are freaking they, awesome. Yeah, they, until now, only BMWs and Subarus had those, and yeah, but Triumph's got them now too. Okay, yeah, everybody's doing them because they're brilliant. Yeah. And they, the Triumph ones are progressive, so you lean over a bit, you get one. You lean over a bit more, you get two. You lean over a bit more, you get three. Well, then. Hey. Hey. I didn't come here to be tempted. <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys want to give away some free shit? Love to. We love Fuck giving. yeah, everybody likes free shit. To deserving people, right. i.e. our listeners. I think it's about time to do our Patreon prize pack. Woot, woot. Hey. Those are good. All right, Isaac, you got to go? Yeah. All right, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. And Emma, you're going to go walk him out. And I am going to walk him out. Present in the alley. Is that how that works? Is it too overhand or underhand? <laughs> it's underhand in the alley. Uh, <laughs> perfect. I see you took your shoes off for the first time today, so it's going to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they're heading out. Jim, you helped me create the prize bag. This is a good one. This is. And uh, because we recently got a whole bunch of stuff from from Icon when we were visiting them in Portland. You can get some Icon shit, bro. So what you, what you got in there? All right. Cool. So... Um, well, we got all sorts of shit. So we, oh, here's a, we, we start off with a DuraBoost battery maintenance uh, charger maintainer. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Nice. Battery charger. That's one of the smart chargers. And you also got the Twisted Road $25 off a rental. Yep. And some stickers, of course. Mm-hmm. 
And you got this fresh lime green icon <laughs> mechanic shirt. Yeah, oh, that's which nice. Which you're guaranteed to sneak into any moto event with. <laughs> I know. Just make up your own badge, hang it around your neck, and wear this, and you're in. <laughs> uh, there's a, let's see, oh, the, the little yellow cards. Yeah, the little magnets are on a jackass asshole driver. Like you drive by and it says, <laughs> just hey, whip it onto their car. Oh, yeah. those fucking things. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice little message to them. Yeah, it is. Ooh, some anti-fog. Mm-hmm. Anti-fog for your face shield. This is the box that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. What else is in there? Oh, the best is yet to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bike Master Stretch Net. Oh, yeah. Just a, a bungee net. Yeah. Free memory. Everybody needs a bungee net. There's a Law Tiger. What is this? Like oh, a white? Oh, that's a white. Uh, yeah. Like a, like a micro towel. Mm-hmm. What do call it? Exactly. Towel. And everybody needs a muff. Or what do you a call buff. A buff. A buff. <laughs> you know, I never had a buff. And, and now I own, like in the past year, I've got like five of them. And I always ride with a buff now. I do too. I got one in my pocket that's right nice. now. No, muffs are good. Yeah. Uh, buffs. Oh, and then a cool Cat McLeod shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serpent to the Sea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a pretty bitchin' shirt. It's got like the Gaelic snake thing and California Highway 36 and all that. It's pretty dope. Uh, and Motorcycle Misfit sticker. Yeah, Again, what a couple else and oh, that's a good shirt. I'll say almost the best oh, for last. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of cool. So everybody knows our friend uh, Chris Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Well, he also makes knives. From Creative Writing Podcast. Yeah. It's uh, Chris Wiggins. And what's that other guy's name? Who's on there? Oh, Lou Wobbly Wobb. Junkie Turd Man. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, but Chris uh, also has a company called Field Initiative Knives. Mm-hmm. So he's a custom knife maker. I've got a, one of his knives with me right now, as a matter of fact. But he donated some... Um, they look like uh, bottle openers. <laughs> We're not sure what it is. Machined bottle openers. It probably does a not, lot of you other can figure things out what it is. It looks it like a bottle opener slash billfold. It looks like an industrial military paperclip. It's a tactical paper paperclip. But I think you can kill someone with it. Yeah, you definitely could. It doubles a letter, letter opener, too. Yeah, all right. It does a lot of things. Oh, and then lastly, we picked this up oh, at the yeah. uh, One Moto Show. Oh, this yeah. is from Velamaki. Velamaki. Uh, built for speed shirt. It's pretty yeah, dope. It's a white a nice shirt with a... Vintage motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, vintage racer dude and some checkered flag stuff. Nice. So that's a bitch of gifts. So that's it. So some lucky. Oh, can I sweeten lucky the Lucky ding dong. Oh, oh. okay. What do can you we wanna... put in some of that D3O armor in there? Um, I Like guess. a couple elbow pads? Sure. All right. Cool. You get a couple of elbow pads. You All really right, think cool. somebody wants some extra armor? Well, you know what it is? Like a lot of jackets come with their <clears throat> shitty armor that comes from the, you know, right. like foam rubber. Yeah, and it's and it's all not all that great, but well, like what, if we could give them some D3O, that'd be pretty sweet. What, what if think? a back one would fit in there? Cuz usually if they oh, shortchange it anywhere, they shortchange your back. Yeah, you want to give them a back pad too? If it fits. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's go with the elbow and shoulder because I know we have extras okay. of that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's from Icon also. That's some good stuff that I, I brought back for putting in the jackets that are have the crappy shit. All right. I've pulled a name. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Oh! Yes? Is it a name you recognize? Uh, the winner of this month is Jordan Ray. Jordan, I believe Jordan up in Portland. Oh yeah, who came down and visited us here? Yeah, I know who Jordan is. I'm just laughing. Sorry, I'm just laughing. No, that's awesome. Congratulations, Jordan. Now I got to look that up and see. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you for being um, a supporter on podcast on uh, Patreon. No, Jordan scored. Yeah, congratulations, Jordan. So, Jim, see, you've been working on your. Project bike. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what you've been working on. All right. So, uh, so I think people have been doing the Ascot 500 uh, FT, and it's all taken apart, which was the easy part. Ooh, nice <laughs> armor. 
It's orange. But why did you? Oh, you grabbed four pads. I thought you grabbed three. Here, chuck them in here. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I'm still dismantling things. So I'm about done with the forks. Uh, so I sanded those down and cleaned them up. Got them nice and shiny. Um, got everything back in except the oil. And you then you I went, went down the polishing rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. There's always more to do. Um, so anyway, yeah, I took them home. Oh, hello, that's the Emma. <laughs> Stuff dripping down your chin. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I could, uh, So to, one of the things I did today is I went to clear coat them. So I I had them. I washed them in warm water. Got them nice and clean. Had rubber gloves on, and had them hanging from my uh, from my joist. So by, by wire and I'm all set up, got my respirator and, um, and I give it a coat. It all looks good. And then I wait 20 minutes. I, I'm disassembling my rear brakes too. So I work on the brakes for a minute. Then I come back, give it a second coat. And as I give it the second coat, I notice a little bit had, of water had drained out of one of the little screw holes down through the clear coat on the front of the thing. So it kind of, oh, God. I know. So it kind of fucked it up. So I tried sanding it out with some real fine, uh, pa- sandpaper and that definitely made it worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think I'm just going to, uh, just going to just take all the clear coat off with the clear coat I put on. Emma, I told him if he just uses the, um, the, the wet dry, get it wet on that spot, sand it down good and then spray another, um, yeah, coat I mean, of clear it, coat, it should cover all that up. It should, it should, it should, I mean, it. it should, but I don't know yeah. why you're clear coating them anyway. Don't have to aluminum, clear coat right? it after I. Because no. it's aluminum. aluminum. Yeah, well, no, you have of, to. No, yeah. no, Liza, none of my bikes have got clear coat on the aluminum. You just got to keep on top of it. Yeah. Well, it's not no. hard. I you clear see, the coat. problem. <clears throat> don't listen to Liza. Don't ever listen to Liza on stuff like this. Well, when she says you have to stay on top of it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not hard. This is what people don't understand. Once you've got a mirror shine on those legs, and I've seen what you've done to those legs, if you spray a bit of WD-40 on the back of a rag mm-hmm. and just wipe them up and down once a week, they're going to stay perfect. That's, Good to know. that's the bit. Good to know. But once a week. You know. <laughs> once well, a week. no, but that. You know, yeah. it's not hard. The hardest part is getting them to that finish. The problem is, is if you clear coat them, the corrosion's still going to get in and it gets under the clear coat and then mm. it makes a hell of a mess. Yeah, aluminum. And just, it just goes white and powdery and the mm, spiders. Yeah. It's just, just take it off and clean it. I mean, it's, I, I got to take it off anyway, so fuck it. Get the Jasco on it, get mm-hmm. it all off. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just, I've only got two coats, so it's not yeah, like Yeah, and a exactly. Ton. And just leave it and it's going to stay good for longer than you think. And, you know, my Guzzi, the, the alternator cover and both valve covers are, are polished aluminium with no clear coat on them. Mm. And, you know, I really don't like polishing that bike. Yeah, well, you, you And they're as good now as pretty much the day I did them. And it, because I just wipe over them once in a while. Yeah, the thing about is, is every time I fuck them up, I got to go back and sand and polish them again so they come up a little bit brighter every time. Right. <laughs> so this will be the same thing. The so. irony is, is when you're, actually, when you're actually polishing aluminium, you can get a brighter shine with sandpaper... When you, when you do the 1500 or the 2000 dry, you get a brighter shine than when you actually put the polish on. Hmm. What the polish is doing is it's darkening the aluminum and it's sealing it. Hmm. And so that's, that's really a protection against corrosion. Um, but you can get, if, once you've gone through all the steps like you have, and you do like a 1500 grit dry, 
Yeah, that's what I've been finishing with. And it'll be, it'll look amazing. Yeah, I had it looking good until I fucked up the clear coat. <laughs> yeah, well, get, no, get it all off and just, that's yeah. it, you're done. No, but I've done it so many times now, it's easy. Believe so it's like me, everything else. every single, every single custom bike we saw at the one show with polished aluminium didn't have any clear coat on it. Good to know. Yeah, so so like I said, while I was doing that, I was taking the rear brake apart. So uh, disassembled the rear master cylinder, and most of it came apart okay. I mean, it's an '83, so it's kind of corroded. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a tough time getting there's a, on the on the rear master cylinder. There's that circlip that holds the plunger, or whatever it is you mm-hmm. want, the piston in there. So I had a hard time getting it out. I've been using that fucking Kroll oil. And the yeah, orange can, great. Oh man, I've just been putting it on any bolts I know I have to deal with, um, either the night before or like in, you know, and then or letting it sit for a little while, and it's been working great. But I did have to get the torch on that uh, on my rear brake uh, yeah. master cylinder to get the uh, the circlip and all that to break free, but it eventually did. Um, and now it's just like, you know, do I want to buy the rebuild kit for it or do I want to yes. use it? You know, it's funny. So here's. I agree with yes, but I get $45 to death on this thing. Everything's like yeah. 45 bucks. Yeah, 45 well, welcome bucks. to Custom Bike. I know. Thing. And I'm not even into the expensive shit yet. So, uh, but yeah, I'll probably, you know, I'll do the kit. Do you remember when we first met? Mm-hmm. You were in a rocking chair with a sundress on. Right. Thank you. <laughs> do you remember the green commando? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I got, even Ooh. me, I got sick of throwing money at that commando. Long after, I mean, Neil got sick of me throwing money at that commander before I did. But towards the end of the build, I just, oh God, not another thousand dollars. Not, and it was, I was literally, and it what was, was it you were throwing at it? Like, oh Jesus, everything. Like Honestly, not functional because, parts or just like aesthetics or what? Kind of both. Oh shit. Because I mean, that bike, there were obviously very high dollar items. Mm-hmm. Um, Every single fastener on that bike is stained. I was going to say, even if you're changing mm-hmm. out fasteners. And right. didn't you bevel the heads on yeah. the socket caps? Yeah. Ev- yeah. So, But every <laughs> single fastener on that bike is stainless steel. Now, you can buy 80% of the fasteners for a Norton Commando in stainless steel if you've got the, if you've got the money. Well, that leaves 20% you've got to make, uh, which I did. And that costs money, even just buying the material. The The... The paint job alone was a multi-thousand dollar paint job. And it was just, Jesus Christ. And the final the final piece of that bike was going up to Corbin's and having having them make a custom mm-hmm. seat for it. Um, but that was 400 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally got sick of spending money on that bike. I think the final tally on that bike was... I think it was nudging fourteen grand, mm. and it actually rem- it, it it's actually Fuck. a good investment because that arguably, in my opinion, I, okay, I built the fucking thing, but I think that's probably one of the best seven fifty commandos there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I've seen bike. I've seen those bikes regularly change hands for twenty. So mm. I think I like to think that I gave Neil good value for money for that bike. He'll never mm. sell it. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people who see it say, Christ, you know, that thing's mm. amazing. Yeah. You know, the, the nice thing or one way to look at it is you're kind of paying for an education. You know, the fact oh, that sure. I've got everything completely disassembled, you know, not only like figuring out how it works and where it goes, but you know how to unstick things that right. have been stuck for a while and, and that kind of a thing. Uh, but, you so, know, the numbers do 
you know, they, they jack up. Even building a bike to any kind of standard gym is thousands. Mm-hmm. And that's even a, is a, a basic bike. But you should follow it through for two reasons. One, it's great education, as you say. But number two, it's going to be your bike. Yeah. No, yeah. One of you're one. Right. Yeah, you're one right. of one is stark special. <laughs> yeah, it'll be special, that's for sure. Yeah, so there was also kind of cool. So got into the rear brake caliper, and uh, again, most things came apart okay. Except for one piston. Yeah, except for well, <laughs> both pistons were a little uh, <laughs> were a little stubborn. Um, and I tried using compressed air. Um, and it, it didn't really budge a whole lot. Then I came down to the garage. I was hanging out talking with Liza, and uh, and I tried just compressed air again. Yes. Um, I think I heated it too. Yeah, I did. I heated it a little bit. And Liza gave good advice, man. When that thing pops out with compressed air, <laughs> it's like a cannon. Yep. You've got to be ve- – I, I know a couple of techs who have hurt themselves mm-hmm. quite badly with yeah. those. Well, I think about – you know, my mm-hmm. compressor runs at about 110 PSI, you know, so it probably leaks a little. But you forget 90 PSI, a chunk of metal flying out. But, you know, um, is it, here's a Misfits top tip is before you strip the bike down – Pump them out using the hydraulic system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, just think. Well, but uh, then you are going to have brake fluid everywhere, too. Well, yeah, but if you're your going to bleed if it you, anyway, You're going to bleed it well, anyway, and the bike's coming apart. Yeah. So it's the easiest thing in the world. Just or, take the caliper off, put it somewhere low, preferably above your drip tray, <coughs> and just gently pump them out. Right, and, and if you put a little block in there so they don't come out all the way. Right, exactly. That, if you're, they're out oh, most of the way, go. then you can blow them out the rest of the way. That's there. a great idea, because one reason not to do that is when you're disassembling a bike, you're trying to keep it all together. Yeah. And I don't want to have a couple of pistons rolling around while the rest of it's not there taken is, apart. There so. is another trick as well, which I will share, is on most Japanese bikes, the bleed nipple is the same fitting right. as a grease gun. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if you block off the inlet where the hose goes, yeah. you can pump the piston out with a grease gun. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, about that. You just back off out. the bleed nipple. Mm-hmm. So where, where the... Where the um, Brake line goes in. You've got to block that off completely and seal it so you use one of the washers. And usually it's an M10. Um, mm-hmm. It's either a 125 or a, or a one pitch, so it's easy enough to block off. And you just back off the bleed nipple half turn, get a grease gun on it, and pump that piston out. It works like a charm. And uh, just to let you know what I've used, um, to, like a block of wood, I use a hammer handle. And yeah, I just stick can, that in there, and that's usually about the right size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there's there's methods, but yours had gone a bit beyond that. So yeah, it's slightly more Neanderthal methods for yours, <laughs> but we got it yeah. out. But yeah, but, but I learned another great trick from Emma. So the the first piston was easy enough to get out with compressed air. Eventually, it just yeah, it let loose. <laughs> no, and, it's a bam. Yeah, it was the first time that something didn't go it's, shooting it's around the shocking. shop on me. Yeah, and uh, but then the, but it but then you can't use compressed air on the second one, right? Because you've got this huge. And I was trying to shove rubber gloves and shit in there. It ain't happening. <laughs> no, that ain't gonna Fuck, happen. Not even, but you know, you, you, whatever. You try to figure stuff out. So I ended up coming, bringing it down here, and I checked in with Emma, and she's like, "Of course, oh, that's easy." I'm like, "Really? Of course." <laughs> so, but what you did, and if I can describe it correctly, is put the caliper in a vice, and then got a pair of vice grips. Um, and clamp them inside the piston, you know, basically sticking up out of the hole of the piston, right? Mm-hmm. So clamped on super tight, and then you put a crescent wrench on that, on the on the uh, yeah. vice grips, and then use that to, I gotta demonstrate. And just kind of radio, rotated And then the rotated piston. it back and forth, oh, okay. turned it back and forth, kind of break it free, and slowly pulled it right out. Mm. And it came right out with no damage to the piston at all. Yeah. You've gotta be very careful. I mean, when you're messing around with a piston, with vice grips, 
you really need to have your wits about you. Um, but the, the 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 trick is, I mean, the thing you got to remember is pistons generally are cheap. If you if you fuck up a piston, it's going to cost you twenty five bucks. Yeah, twenty three ninety five. So so you know, even if you mark a piston, big deal. Mm-hmm. If you have to throw away a caliper because you can't get the piston out, well, that's a bit more expensive. Yeah. Well, so well, you sacrifice. You sacrifice the cheap parts to save the expensive yeah. ones. Well, and the, the tempting thing on this stuff, and I'm trying to fight it, is just, oh, just get a new rear brake caliper. Just get a new, or new rear mask. No, no need Because you can pick them up fairly cheap, but I don't know. There's something I, I want to try to keep what I can stock that makes sense. And, you know, that's to me, that's part of the joy. Right. Because it, then it becomes your bike. You don't become somebody who's just thrown parts at it. Mm-hmm. You actually, you're rebuilding the subcomponents, like your, your master cylinder. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Rather than just chuck it away and get another one, get a piston in there, clean it up, make it nice, mm-hmm. put a new piston kit in it. When it works perfectly, you can take pride in the fact that you were the one who rebuilt it. Mm, right. You well, know. Yeah. Another conversation we had today when it comes to spending money is where do you, you know, how much do you powder coat? Right, because we were talking about do you powder, do you powder yes. coat rear brake cal- calipers? Do you calibrate you know mounting brackets? Do you just powder coat everything? Well, there's some stuff that you can rattle can. Yeah, that's and, largely and, true. And if you're, but also if you're painting calipers, you're going to need to use a high temp paint because just regular powder coating or paint's just going to get burnt off when you break really hard, especially in hot weather. Right. Yeah. So um, these days, if you go into, I mean, it's so great now. Because if you go into O'Reilly's or um, uh, Cragen's or um, AutoZone, or if you're in England in Halfords, there are so many special paints you can get. Now, you can get mm-hmm. proper caliper paint, which is like ceramic paint. Mm. And it's really smooth and glossy and heat resist. It's, it's for frigging calipers. Mm. But <clears throat> the kit, you can buy the best paint in the world but if the substrate shit it's dirty or the finish isn't prepped mm. right you could you could put the best paint in the world it's going to fall straight off mm-hmm. so my advice to you jim we've got a sandblaster here use it sandblast that caliper get a nice rough sandblast finish and rattle can it with proper caliper paint you know do the calipers in the same color as the wheels because mm. you're doing the wheels gold right Match match the calipers to the wheels. How cool is that? I'm actually going to throw out another option for you. This is something I investigated but never did. Paint it with emulsion paint like you put on your walls. And wallpaper it. You may not realize. (laughs) Yeah, texture spackle. But at Harbor Freight, you can buy your own gun for doing your own coating. Yeah, paint gun. No, no, for doing um, powder coating. Powder coating. You can do your own powder coating. Oh. What it is is it's it just clings to it. It's like a powder that clings to it, and then you put it in an oven. And there are people that I know who've gone to like Salvation Army and just bought an extra oven hmm. that they have out in their backyard or something. <coughs> and you take all the racks out, and you can hang stuff in there, and you can bake it yeah. in an oven. Now, does it need to have the electrical charge on it, though, to keep the, the power oh, yes. stuck to it? Oh, yeah. But the kit comes with it. You can buy the kits for that. Okay. It's, it's not that expensive. It's all, it's all about the transfer of electrons, don't Yeah, yeah. 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 But powder coating kits are not that hard. Um, I mean, you have a backyard. You can go out there, hang it, and spray it, and then stick it the into key, an oven. The key with any of this stuff is the volume. You know, um, back when I, before I fell in love with stainless steel, 
I used to have my own plating kit at mm. home, which yeah. was quite expensive. It, I, it cost me, I think, about 300 bucks, but I could <clears> do all my own nickel plating at home. And, I have a uh, plating kit here, you know. Zinc plating. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great because of the volume, because the volume you're doing. If you're just doing one bike, it's, you, you, really, it's... It's not worth it. But if you're doing multiples, then it becomes worth it. So having an oven in your backyard and a powder coat gun, if you're going to be doing multiple bikes, yeah, that might make sense. But the powder itself is quite pricey. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'd be putting an oven in my backyard. Maybe <laughs> over here. But uh, you know, I think I'll end up is just you know taking it down to metal um, and then probably get, just getting a decent rattle can and, and, there you go. and doing that. Clean, um, clean, clean. Yeah, I'll still go ahead and you know powder coat the frame and you know some, some other things like that. But I think some of the smaller items, I'll, I'll try. And if it doesn't work, you know, if I, but if I you, take if it you off. But if you can get that nice different. sandblasted finish, is sandblasting yeah. is the best finish for, for paint actually biting into the surface. Yep. It needs to be a little bit rough just for the paint to bite in, you know, mm. and a good primer, always. Yeah, and I think with the fasteners, what I'm going to do is instead of trying to order all new, I'm just going to, you know, if I, I find that a lot of that stuff, if I take a wire wheel to and clean it up a little bit, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be a, a perfect bike, you know, where it's going to have all stainless, you know, brand new stainless stuff and everything. Yeah. So I got to, you know. Oh, yeah. Just, you, you'll be going down to the hose shop and getting your own uh, stainless braided lines made up. Oh, well, no that's time. different. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, and one thing I wanted to share, not only is he, he making a bike, but he has made a shop. Yeah. And it's the kind of shop um, you feel really comfortable in. It was his daughter's bedroom <laughs> until recently. And uh, he's turned it into a shop. And it's actually so comfortable. I went over to Jim's house for dinner the other night. And we ate it in the, in the shop. And we used the lift as a dinner table. And we had nice. we had um, a king crab. and Or not king crab. We had a... Yeah, Dungeness crab. Dungeness crab and corn and yeah. and garlic bread and and it was good and we just sat there in the shop eating on, good, on the yeah. lift. I, I kind of like have a relatively small garage too. And one of the things I wanted to do was get like a lift like Jim has mm-hmm. and put a, a a plate of steel on top of it so I could turn it into a welding table. Hmm. That way you yeah, can raise yeah. and lower it, and you got this big fucking long thing going on. Dude, there, he turned you know? his into a dining table. Yeah, yeah. well, there you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, too. You know, I remember when um, Mike McCarthy, another misfit, was working at um, the bike shop as a parts guy. Mm-hmm. And Friday night, we uh, Friday, we always used to have lunch together, which usually meant Popeye's chicken. Mm. There's Ooh, a Popeye's down there? Chicken. Really? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, churches. Oh, oh church, yeah. yeah. The churches is all good. Big I'll dust difference. the shit out of that, though. I'll still dust but it. But nevertheless, Friday yeah. was church's chicken day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we used one of the benches in the workshop as a table. And, you know, we'd just pull up an oil drum either side of it, sit down, raise up the bench in the middle. Yeah. And then nom, 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 nom. Yeah, we're good. My, my kitchen didn't reek like crab this morning, which is <laughs> nice. There was butter all over and the there cardboard, were, There though. were tools there for cracking if we needed. <laughs> I know, to hop get up and get some get ice the pliers out for the legs. We, we punished that crab though. We had, I think we had about five pounds. It was good. It was good. Yeah, so was, Emma, I went bacon. Yes, darling. Do you have a little game for us to play tonight? I do have a little game for you to play. Ooh. So okay, what I'm going to do? Um, this hmm? game. Grab that dog and bring him over here. Yeah, this game is called Grab That Dog and Bring Him Over. No, it is not. <laughs> this game. Oh, oh no, don't. Oh, oh no, 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 no. God, don't pick him up. So oh God! You'll squish his belly, and then he'll make a poor. He's like noises. the squirmiest cinder block you've ever picked up. 
Oh my god. He's got ten times heavier. He's a blimp. It's like a zeppelin coming towards me. Oh my god. When pugs fly. Sorry guys. Alright. So what is this game we're playing? So this game we're playing, um, about six months, no, longer than that, maybe a year ago, Liza came to me, said, I want to talk about police bikes, because, you know, police bikes have a very interesting history. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're linked with the history of bikes that we ride. <clears throat> And they've played this enormous role in how certainly larger bikes are developed. But they also have their own quite distinct history. So, And I've always wanted to know, like, what exactly is the difference on a police bike? Yeah, mm. and, you know, we can go into that, mm -hmm. but this is not the game we're going to play. So I am going to read off <coughs> some names of motorcycles through the ages. Are we doing this teams? How do you want to do this? No, uh, we can just... Uh, Us three versus them two? Yeah, how about that? Okay, so Henry Bagel and I against Knock and Jim. There you go. All right. So I am going to read... Prizes. <laughs> out a bike, and you have to tell me whether it's a police bike or not. Oh, so police bike or not. That's the name police of the game. Bike or not. Police mm. bike or not. Or it's been ever converted or used it as a police bike, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. So, um... Hmm. Where should we start? Let's start... Hmm. Let's start with... Wu-Tang Clan? Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with a nice early bike. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jim and Nock. Mm-hmm. Henderson 4. Shit. Police bike or not? Was that ever used as a police bike? Henderson? Henderson's like sounds like a real cop name. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Makes a good hill climb bike. Henderson 4. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. Is that your final answer? Well, i got to pick one, so I'll fuck if I, I don't know. I have no idea. What do you think, Knock? Uh, probably not. No, they were used. Yeah, the answer. Then, uh, yeah, oh. they were. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were used. <laughs> no, I meant that's our official answer. <laughs> no, they weren't used as. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! Fuck! No. I, now listen. I, I distinctly. I've got to take new. note. Um, they were used. They didn't last long as police bikes because they were taken over by the Indian Corporation. Mm. And Indian fours were very, very, very used as police bikes they're very favored as high-speed police bikes um bit prone to overheating around town but in chases they were completely unparalleled because you know back in the 1920s cars, this is 20s yeah yeah cars were moving along quite well and you needed a bike with some legs to actually catch them and so um very late Henderson Fours and early and early Indian Fours police bikes. Sorry, guys. Did they have the throttle on the left hand side so you could shoot your gun while you're oh, riding? Right. right. Yes. With the suicide clutch as well. Absolutely. All right, our turn. Okay. All right. Ooh. Okay. Norton Navigator. Oh, I don't know what that is. Norton Navigator. I don't know either. I want to say no. <clears throat> But navigator. navigator. 
Hmm. Well, but Navigator you, sounds like it might be like some a sort touring of, like bike. A touring like a bike. touring bike. That might be good for police work because yeah. you can carry a lot of you know equipment and stuff on there. So let's based upon that clue, should we just say yes? <clears throat> yeah, I'd say yes. Navigator let's sounds like some. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna say yes. No. no. Damn it. <laughs> All no, right. The Norton Navigator was actually quite a small bike. It's a little um, 350cc Norton twin. Oh. It's a unit construction twin. Um, hmm. It was part of a series of three. The smallest one was the Jubilee. Um, quite prone to mechanical failures. Norton, a Norton? had high hopes um, of these things being used extensively and um really they just weren't good enough so zero points each yeah, okay right. so i tell you what we are gonna m- are you paying attention jim what you're looking at porno on your phone no again. i'm actually looking at the bikes because i'm thinking maybe we get to at least look at the bike to oh, have some no. sort of clue. no you no, can't no. no you can't because if you see some of these bikes you'll okay. know all right all right all right triumph tr6 Saint. Uh, okay, so what what's the Saint variant mean? Triumph TR6 <laughs> Saint. I think it sounds like a cop bike. It does. It totally sounds like a I cop bike. I think that's bike. a made-up name. <laughs> Is it a Saint Christopher? Triumph yeah. TR6. That's a car. It's shaped like a cheese wedge. I mean, because those are like pretty versatile bikes, right? I mean, you see people do a lot of things with those things. Sure. You know, you can cross-country them and rally them. I, I think it is. Yeah, heck yeah. Congratulations. Uh, all right. Tri- the Triumph Point. Saint was the Triumph to go bike in the 60s and 70s. Um, TR6 was actually based, um, it was mm. a single carb version of the Bonneville. Mm. So it was, it was the Tiger. But the police variants were actually called the Saints, and they were custom built police bikes. Are those the bikes that the siren operated on the little wheel that ran along no, the No, those were the American ones. Mm. The British ones always had electric sirens, but the American bikes, you know, going back to the Henderson, you would had have... Had a mechanical siren? Yeah, you'd have, like, this thing that you operated with your heel, yeah, like and you'd l- kick, lever. kick the rotary silent siren into the back wheel. And then you get that... You know, amazing things. All right, very good. All right. Henry All right. just showed me a picture of that, by the way. It was a beautiful bike. Let's mm-hmm. do one more for us, and then a everyone tiebreaker fifty thousand point question. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it really really easy for you, Liza. Thank you. Velocet mm-hmm. L E. Velocet oh. L E. Hmm. Also known as the <clears throat> Noddy bike. I'm gonna say. The, yes. I'm going to say yes, too. Sure. That, that was kind of a big bike, wasn't it? No, tiny little thing. It's called a Noddy That's bike. That's what I meant. 200cc, little stupid little, almost like a scooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a scooter. But it's, does it have like a lot of body work? Yep. Um... Vel- so hold on. We need probably need to guess what this was. But it's, I'm going to say yes in Italy. Well, no, because okay. Villachette was, uh, was French, right? No, it's English. It's English. Okay. Oh yes, well said. Oh. Then uh, yeah, I think it's probably for you know meter maids or something. It, well, what else would they have had? Uh, well, I'm going to say yes. Henry, uh, let's go with Henry. What do you say? I say yes as well. All right, let's go. Yes. Correct. Hey. Ali was extensively used for local policing, um, particularly in the country areas. Mm. Great little bike. It's a little 200cc flat twin, almost like a BMW, but hmm. shrunk in the wash. All right. So one more. Everyone gets to guess. Right. 
Final answer. Honda PC800 Pacific oh. Coast. No. Mm. I think it no. was. Honda PC800 Pacific Coast. I'm going to say no. I don't, think, I don't of, think that bike had the pickup. There's me. a lot of storage on that thing, though. Yeah, but but to, to try to try to put like radios and other Honda yeah. into that PC eight hundred Pacific Coast. I think it might have been at one point, and then they realized. Oh, Come on, I'm, 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 Liza's I'm team saying, is a I'm definite no. no. I'm Jim, yes. you know, I, th- I think after you load the thing, already is pretty loaded down with shit. You load it down even more, it might struggle a little. Yeah, bit, it looks like so. it would be a police bike, but I think no. Yeah, right, well, know. you're on Liza's team, so Liza's team's <clears throat> definitely no. I need a definitive answer from you both. Uh, you going to go for no? It, it's got to be a no, yeah. Right. You're both wrong. Hong- oh, I knew it! Oh. Hong- you, don't, you guys suck. Hong Kong <laughs> police use them extensively, Hong and Kong. make no mistake, hmm. PC 800s <clears throat> are quicker than you think. Mm-hmm. Told you. Yeah. Uh, Henry, mm-hmm. how quick are PC 800s, mate? About 110. And the rest. Yeah, you were doing 110. I just sailed past you sitting upright, remember? I remember yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, Hong Kong police use them extensively. Um, and if you remember, in one of our favorite films, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, right. hmm. there is a, there's a Hong Kong PD PC-800 uh. <laughs> featured in the film. So, so uh, you, you guys are even. You guys right, are one g- more. One more. No, no. Let's end. Let's save it. I like this. Let's let's pull this out every now and then. Yeah, let's. You know, but what I do want to know is what is the difference? Because I've heard that they have beefed up brakes. Yeah, cop shocks, cop motor. Yeah. Like, so what exactly? Let's just take a standard bike like the um, the Harley. Road King, right? It was it FLHTP or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or if we took like a, the BMW, which right. is pretty standard. What exactly is different on these? Well, the, you see, hang on a sec, because what you're taking there, it's not the best example, because in the case of the BMW or the Harley, you you've got heavyweight touring machines that already are designed either have or designed to have touring equipment on them. So the truth is the police version really isn't that much different. Um, They might put a better grade of um, shock absorber on it just for ease of maintenance. They might use a better grade of tyre. The thing is, when you're dealing with government contracts, you will find a very rigid set of requirements for, say, tyres. So they have to meet them. Famously, Mm. the old KZ1000s, the police bikes, (coughs) had to have run-flat tyres. That Mm. was one of the requirements. Mm. So they all ended up with these goofy Goodyear eagle tires on hmm. which were the only bike to have them because they had this run flat capability wow and it was a weird design bead that the bead of the tire was almost like a clamshell around the rim hmm. so you'd let all the tire the air out of it and it would grip onto the rim harder absolute bloody nightmare to fit hmm. impossible to fit without a machine oh yeah um so a special I, I, machine, though. Too. But though using those two as an example, they're unchanged. But if we go back to the days of the KZ thousand police, so you know Eric Estrada and the mm-hmm. blonde one, <laughs> that Gerello. yes, Gerello. that bike is substantially different from a KZ one thousand. They share some things in common. They share the gas tank. They share the side panel. So it's recognisable as a KZ thousand. But from that point forward, 
the frame is different the subframe at the rear is different the wheels are different the brakes are different the forks the shocks it's it's a completely custom built bike specifically for police duty so if you were to park a kz1000 police next to say a kz1000a1 which is what mm -hmm. the original design was based on you'd be like fuck me that's a different bike because it is you know and the development of the bike went one way so the kz1000 became the kz1000 mark ii and then the kz1000 um gosh i can't remember the designation and then the kz1100 and so on and so forth and it went on on this tangent and the kz1000 police really kind of stayed the same throughout its life but just got detailed development so it started off as a slightly different bike and became a way different bike to what now, was developed on the harleys um i know in the seats they have that whole bladder system like a bus right, would exactly. have that's really made for being in the saddle a long time right and it has like a compressor and the but whole i mean thing. it's it, these are detailed things mm -hmm, and the, mm -hmm. not all the forces have them well and i ask this because you can go on to craigslist yep and look for a police bike and they you know they represent some of the best bargains but, you, but the thing there's two things you need to remember if you if you're buying a police bike one it's going to have a ton of miles on it mm -hmm. and they're going to be hard miles the second is there is kind of a fallacy that police bikes are well maintained and the truth is some of them are but police bikes generally aren't maintained in-house they're maintained out by the dealers that are close by we took after my we look after monterey pd's um st 1300s and obviously we well Really? They didn't have fleet mechanic? You guys were the fleet mechanic? We were the fleet mechanic. Interesting. Mm. Um, so, and obviously, we did our best to be a very conscientious shop. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody's going to be in that position. So, mm -hmm. just because it's a cop bike, it doesn't necessarily mean it's well maintained. So, one thing I'm curious about, you know, because where I work, they, you know, it's city and they build up cop bikes there. Yeah. And uh, so, one thing, I mean, maybe it's a good thing or maybe it's not an issue, but especially the newer ones, I would think they must have beefed up wiring harnesses because of all the electronics. Oh, yeah. And then do they well, also yeah, have a, a, now I a can beefed up charging system? Yes. And is that like a better thing to have or maybe not? Yeah, I mean... Like, is there any benefit to that? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, a beefed up charging system is always beneficial. And that must come oh, yeah. from the factory, like, cop version charging yes. mm -hmm. stuff? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, like, if it's based on touring stuff, they generally already have a relatively high output. Yeah. But stator, if you see right? these cop bikes, I mean, they've got... right. Tons of lights and now tons I of mean, radios. We can, we can yeah. talk about this now, basically because it's been over for a few years. Mm. And secondly, because I'm probably leaving the industry, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> if you go back five or six years, seven years, there's two obvious contenders for police bikes and one is the one that Henry's riding is the Honda ST 1300 which mm -hmm. is a great bike yeah but the concourse was a better one and so why aren't police riding concourses well concourses had a little bit of a problem that they were catching fire <laughs> oops and um, it's really? quite famously documented that the uh, the ZG 14 concourse police version 
they were catching fire quite spectacularly wow. at the back. Hmm. At the which back. is what, yeah, at El- the back. Is it electrical or yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's all electrical. Wow. Because um, there is a ton of stuff back there. Maybe maybe um, they put, shouldn't have put that hot of stator on it. <laughs> well, you know. Um, I know Kawasaki fixed the problem, but these were dedicated police bikes yeah. that were arriving from Kawasaki, oh, wow. kitted out as police bikes. Mm-hmm. Most of the Japanese manufacturers do do that. Henry's yeah. bike mm-hmm. has never been a civilian bike. No. From the moment the frame was laid down on the production line, it was going to be a police bike. Mm. It was a P designation. Mm-hmm. And so Henry's bike, there is a lot different than the civilian version. The switch gear is different. The handlebars are different. The fairing's different. The subframe at the back is different. Although See, I swapped it out with the normal. You swapped it out with a civilian one, but when it actually rolled down the line. And this was one of the beauties of the Japanese manufacturing system, is that they, they could do this. The British, the Saint I talked about, was basically <coughs> a modified Tiger. Norton had this thing called the Interpol, which was basically a commando, but it was a modified commando. So it shared a lot of parts with the standard commando. It's called the Interpol. We used to call them Interplods. <laughs> um, but. Uh, well, I know where I worked, they, they ride the uh, BMW police bikes. And, and they're sweet, great bikes. Like a sweet rig, man. I sit on them every now and then. They're pretty. pretty you know, the advantage, the advantage with a BMW is. Um, they're big, heavy bikes, but they carry their weight low. Mm-hmm. Um, and no. we saw when we were up at uh, uh, the bay last year, yeah. last summer, saw how those cops throw their bikes around. Mm-hmm. Um, having a bike with a very low center of gravity really, really helps that technique mm-hmm. they use. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, Liza. I think we should dip into this again sometime. You know, because cop bikes are interesting. I think so. And guess what? What? It's time for Craigslist Porn Pick of the Week. Wow, really? Been a while. Been a while. We've not done this in forever. We haven't. I had fun going on at Craigslist and just typing in police. I don't Mm -hmm. think we've done this since like last year. We haven't. But just to give you (laughs) an example. So uh, I let Knock just randomly pick a city and he picked Portland. So I went up to Portland and I typed in police. What I found was a 1993 Kawasaki KZ-1000P police bike. <clears throat> Has 62,000 miles. Okay. Um, it's got some dents. It's, you know, it's a... Yeah, yeah, it's a used bike. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all running, it's all there. $1,400. You see, now look, that's a 1,000cc bike for 1400 bucks. You can't go wrong. Yeah. What year was it? 93. Oh, no shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who was it who was ri- riding one of those things around in the dirt? Was it Wiggins? <laughs> no, no, it was Duran Morley. Oh, Crazy Mobile. Down right. at the... <laughs> but, but keep in mind... <laughs> El Dorado that, run. That bike now is over 25 years old. <laughs> it, that's, it's a vintage <laughs> so, bike. It is. All right, so now. then... So so what issues might you run into it? That bike, 65,000 miles? Yes, yeah, it is. It's, it's same stuff that we all, all run into. Shit. Charging system problems, carburetor yeah. problems, Tire problems, suspension problems, you know, bike problems. Just all the, the rubbery bits go first. Bike problems, yeah. Um, just bike problems. I mean, it's 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 a twenty 
25-year-old bike with a ton of miles on it. Mm -hmm. But it's also a good way of getting a big bike cheap. And, you know, those KZ1000s, they were pretty easy to service. Um, the biggest problem I had, I used to look after Roya Grandi PDs, um, KZ1000s, when I was fresh off the boat in the, in the mid-90s. And I had the devil problem keeping them oil tight. Mm. Because, mm. you know, the Central Coast, it got, it got kind of warm in Arroyo Grande. Mm. And they used those bikes a lot for parade duty. Mm. And so the temperatures used to get kind of warm. Yeah. And if getting them oil tight around the cam covers was a bloody nightmare. And, of course, the cop would be pissed mm. yeah. because there'd be oil on his boots. Yeah. And it's like, I need these things oil tight. And I tried everything over the years wow. to try and get them oil tight. It's just bloody nightmare. I, st I still think, though, there's some good deals to be had. I mean, oh, Henry's got deals. a great deal. It's yeah. something to consider looking at police bikes. Hey, if you like white. Well, yeah. didn't uh, Big Andy had that BMW that he crashed on 17? That was a yeah. cool bike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got my police bike for 100 bucks. Wow. Yep. Oh, what? that's right. You got mm -hmm. that, that Vespa thing. Yep. <clears throat> 74 Vespa Sprint was originally owned by the San Francisco Police Department. That's right. Nice. That's, uh, that's cool. Um, what did they use it for? Comedy relief? <laughs> well, <laughs> that and uh, writing tickets and patrolling yeah, gold. Comedic, Park. comedic <laughs> duty. Yeah, they didn't appreciate that they were the butt of the joke. <laughs> 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 Apparently, the story was that the SFPD officers hated the Vespas, uh, not just because it totally emasculated them, but uh, it also was very difficult to r ride on the roads then because they were tearing up all the roads around the city, apparently, in, like, the mid to late 70s. Oh, yeah. those tiny uh, wheels didn't help. Like, especially around Golden Gate Park, apparently. So they had to ride these, you know, 10-inch wheeled scooters on, you know, to these chewed-up roads, and, and they couldn't, they, they hated it. Well, hang on. Well, I'm going to go back there. It wasn't Vespa. It was Vespa's. They yeah. had some oh, of they them. Had a fleet. Yeah. Oh, dear God. They had a fleet of at least 10 of them, um, maybe more. I don't know exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, they actually wrote, had them in service for about 10 years. <laughs> That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, like in San Francisco, right? Golden Gate Park, they got the dual sports. They ride around there. And that'd yep. be a cool gig. Sign me up. Oh, yeah. So I have a couple other things to share. <clears throat> I haven't done a Whirr Whirr update. Oh, what, yeah. What's Whirr Whirr? Women Riders World Relay. Oh, it's, it started, hasn't it? It is. So for those who recall, I'm one of the admins <clears throat> who's put this together. And it started last week. Congratulations. <clears throat> Thank you. And um, you can see um, we have actually have a tracker on the baton. So you can actually go to womenridersworldrelay.com and click on where we're live and, um, and you can track it. Where's the baton sleeping tonight? <clears throat> It is in Ireland. Or is yeah. it tomorrow morning? Uh, it's waking up drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they started out in John O'Groat, Scotland, which is basically the tippy top of Scotland. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and cold. as you can imagine, it has been very cold. Oh, yeah. They get excited every day when the sun comes out at some point and they pull over. <laughs> and, and, oh, the sun came out. Yeah. Get some vitamin D. Yeah. Uh, but it's been cold and rainy and they've been doing it. <clears throat> and for those who don't know, we are going around the world. This is going to take a year to complete. Damn. Damn. Um, yeah, There's I know. a lot going on in a year, man. When, when does it come to America? It's going to be coming here to the U.S. in September and October. Oh, fantastic. And um, I canceled my Pakistan trip this year mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that I can do the entire U.S. route. Holy wow. Crap. Yeah. So what happened, man? What happened to the U.S. ladies? Oh, no. They're, I'm going to have women join me. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. no. I'm, I will not be alone. I am going to have ah, many see. people in tow. Liza. Yeah. 
You're never alone, darling. Yeah. So are they are they on, on schedule so far? So far, they are still right. on schedule. And um, mm. But for the U.S. route, I'm going to be picking the baton up in Canada, from, um, uh, crossing the border from Maine. And I'm going to be riding down, <clears throat> uh, taking the the northern route across the U.S., uh, stopping at the AMA uh, Hall of Fame, going up so, to Harley-Davidson headquarters. So you actually had issues with getting people to do a relay that you you had to eventually do most of it yourself? or what's going No. On? no? Oh, okay. I, they, we have not even opened up the registration for the U.S. yet. Oh, shit. <clears throat> I didn't realize. As a person who is responsible for the U.S. route, I decided it's probably best for me to be there as opposed to trying to run it remotely mm. and doing other stuff. Okay. That I should be there to lead the group and to make sure everything goes well. Okay. And you need to have somebody in case there's an accident or <clears throat> stay on schedule. It'll be a good time, um, too. I'm going to go. Then we're going to go across. Um, here's something I'm a, a little... Um, disappointed in myself for when i created the route i did not create it for me to ride and i did not create it for anyone to ride the entire route i thought people would be picking up day by day people would sign up <clears throat> because day seven is an iron butt <laughs> oh. yeah it was cool when you weren't doing it wasn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna go across to seattle and then we're gonna do the entire uh, west coast uh, coastline. Nice. Highway 1 from, <clears throat> really, we're going to go down to Portland, cross over to the ocean, take that all the way down to San Francisco, then all the way down to LA. Nice. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this that's, is going to be a bucket list ride for a lot of people. That's pretty, but that's long riding. That, that's many days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this entire trip is going to be 21 days straight of riding for me. <laughs> wow. Oh, but it gets better. Um, once we get down to L.A., we're going to cut up to Vegas and then go up through Utah through the canyons. Mm, you're going to win $1,800 again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to go up to Colorado, where it's going to go off-road for two days. Oh, geez. That'll be awesome. <clears throat> That'll be really cool. It's going to go from Denver to Albuquerque, pretty much like off-road. Wow. Are you going to ride the bird trail? I'm not sure. You're going to camp? Are you going to camp two days out there? I don't know. Oh, shit, Here's man. the thing. Um, I've reached out to Bex Becker, who was on our show from the Moto Relief Project, mm. and also to Bettina Nettle, who was on the GS Trophy team with um, Jocelyn Snow. Mm-hmm. They're both in Colorado. I reached out to them, and they are putting this together. Nice. Right. So <clears throat> I'm going to have to come come through Santa Cruz and change my tires to my dual sport tires and then mm. head up to Colorado. You. Then we're going to ride back down to Arizona over to Mexicali and then I'm going to have to come back up the entire right. California coast. Are you, can you share the news you told me today about the um, the party we're going to have? We're going to be having a... Well, we're going to be having many parties along yeah, the way. Yeah, but they, this was quite an exciting one. But here's the thing. Um, for anyone who's interested in joining on this, this is a women's ride. But men are allowed as a companion to a woman. So, uh, for instance, I've invited Jim to join if he would like to be my companion. <clears throat> and I've invited many of the admins to come, like Haley to come over from England and bring her boyfriend. Um, to ride from San Francisco to L.A. on the coast is a bucket list oh, for ride sure. for yeah. many people. And we're going to be having a party Friday night in uh, in San Francisco, actually, at... Um, um, Moto Guild, which is where the uh, right. 
dirtbag challenge was two years ago. And that's that's on Treasure Island. It's, it's on Treasure Island. Amazing in the middle of the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, neat, neat people. And we're going to be having a party Friday night. Then ride down to L.A. where we're going to have another party Saturday night. That's going to be bitching. I mean, you talk about a venue to ride into and out of in San Francisco. Treasure Island's pretty darn cool. Oh, it's and I. I in actually the, in, the, in the day at LA that'll be that's a bitching ride. And I you doing biker shit. Rad, I scheduled rad, it. Gear. I scheduled it so that we're having the party Friday night, then ride down to LA on Saturday, and then anyone who wants to come back, like if somebody has flown in to San Francisco, then they have Sunday to ride back, hmm. and it's just a badass weekend of a couple parties and a couple rides, and um, hey, twisted road, yeah. twisted road. That's yeah. how you run a bike. Yep. <clears throat> so um this is going to be my big trip this fall it's going to be hard i definitely didn't create a ride to be easy i mean our first day is 589 miles um but Mary, we're doing America's it as a big country <clears throat> we're doing it to show the world that hey women riders are fucking badass yeah well at least and, you get a break <clears throat> after the iron butt right yeah <laughs> a little bit not really <laughs> no. no um no, we have two parties the day after <laughs> the iron butt. Um, but we're, I tried to show distance riding. I tried, tried, I'm going to Harley-Davidson for the whole, like, the cruiser American Pride thing. Going to the AMA Hall of Fame, <clears throat> doing the Pacific Coast Highway, which is a bucket list trip, but doing off-road in Colorado. I tried to throw a little bit of everything in. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, Women Riders World Relay, if you'd like to follow it, and you can follow the baton and the progress. I can share with you some interesting stories, though. It's not all like riders like me. In fact, um, our um, ambassadors, so we have ambassadors in each country, and they're creating the route in each country. Our ambassador in, in Peru, she raced in the Dakar Rally. Fucking badass, right? But then you have stories like our ambassador in Iran has to dress like a man and ride 10 days through Iran and hope she doesn't get busted. Wow. And she'll probably be alone. Man. Um, You have stories like um, we have a woman riding in the Balkans. We had a bunch of the countries in the Balkans didn't want to participate. And one woman stepped up and said she will carry the baton through all of the Balkans. Wow. Even though she's never ridden that great a distance <clears throat> and she doesn't have the budget for it, she had to spend her um, her her heat money, her, her, her gas what? bill on hotel reservations. Holy crap. Like, she's all in. Wow. But believe it or not, we have somebody who's all in even more. Oh. <clears throat> we had a woman reach out to us who said, um, I'd like to ride the whole route. <laughs> We're what? like, what? No, no, no. You can't do the whole route. Like, this thing is going every day. There are a couple travel days where it has to be shipped across an ocean or something. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, <clears throat> some of those, we're actually putting it on a plane. So it's riding that day, flying like from Australia to New Zealand, and then riding the next day. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's no break. Um She's like, no, no, I want to, I want to ride. I've, I've been lining up, like I got a bike lined up in the U.S. and South Africa and Australia and Europe. We're like, yeah, it's again, it's not really set up for, like it's supposed to be past the baton, right? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently she sold her house and mm-hmm. showed up at John O'Groat, Scotland. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's and zero folks on the ride. she's in. Wow. And her, her adult daughter is with her driving the van, which is their, now their home. 
Wow. Following her as a That's support awesome. vehicle. How, how's she going to get across the run, though? We Just don't Just like a man. Know. How hard can it be? <laughs> well, yeah. She may have to skip over some places that um, visas are a problem, but she's... She's going for it. She's trying to yeah, ride awesome. the entire world route. Do we? So, I mean, do we have a final tally for the mileage for that? We do not have a final tally. Hella no. thousands of miles. Oh, <laughs> just because it's not. And this is the point. It's not going round. It's not the an world. efficient yeah, right. route. No, it's, route. Yeah. it's going everywhere. Yeah, look at the U.S. route. Probably going to um, be at least forty thousand miles or so. Oh, easily. So now, are you guys starting su- to support her now that she's fully committed? Like you guys are trying to maybe we're steer trying some to figure out how to support her, yes. her way or whatever. Exactly. And there's, um, we fly into South Africa and we're doing um, a bunch of like Tanzania, like some of the countries in the south. But then we're skipping middle of Africa and just flying it up to Oman and UAE where it ends. But um, our new ambassador for Oman, uh, who, by the way, is planning a ride that's going to be two days of dirt and sand. She's also like a, a rally rider. And that's the ride she's creating. Hmm. Um, but she's like, I'd love to figure out how to get the baton from Kenya up to us. And she's trying to figure out how to get it through countries in Africa that well, are a bit dangerous. You know, I have a friend who rode a Vespa <clears throat> from South Africa up through Egypt to Italy. Mm. Uh, he might be able to provide some tips. So, she well, she she travels. She's mm-hmm. she's working on lining people up and trying to, okay. to bridge that for us. So there's some amazing, remarkable women and stories coming out of this, and I'm just loving hearing these women who are just going for it. That's awesome. And some of them are very accomplished, but like we also have um, an ambassador in Nock. I think it's your people's Indonesia. In Indonesia, who's do they belong to you, Nock? No, she's a she's a young woman who travels around mm. on a three wheeled scooter because she had polio. Okay, and she has it's it looks like a scooter with just two wheels in the back, like it's a modified thing, mm-hmm. and she tours. Wow! So it's not one of those like crazy like twelve wheeled scooter. No, like, tank it's, small. <laughs> it's small. It's wow. small, and she's a total badass doing things in in her country. You know, that's awesome. In her way, and it's really cool. All these amazing women we're discovering, um, and these riders all over the world. Wow. Sweet. Yeah. So I'll continue bringing stories as that is going. But again, womenridersworldrelay.com. Uh, and I what we're doing is for the wimp, some of these women that I mentioned, we're actually having them fill out a scholarship application. Hmm. We're going to post them up for group funding. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, so when do you fly out to Ace Cafe, right? That should be a good shit day. Well, that's the other announcement. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So next weekend is our inaugural party at which I refer to as the Mecca, <laughs> the Ace Cafe in London. Oh, yeah. And even though the ride is happening now, it's going to be riding down into London. And on March 9th at the Ace Cafe, we're having a party. I think it's going during the day. And anyone can come. This isn't, you know, it's not, you don't have to be a woman to come. Um and we're going to be having speakers. Elsbeth Beard is going to be there. That's fantastic. Um, we're going to have a lot of speakers and um, raffles and stuff like that. And basically just celebrating the women writers. But come on out to Ace Cafe. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> I'm going to be a producer for the BBC. Well, apparently <laughs> so, darling. Yeah. yeah. I'm working on my BBC voice. <laughs> um, 
enunciate clearly. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going next weekend. Oh, God, it's going to be... Gr- so who's running the garage, darling? All of y'all. <laughs> no. <laughs> who's running the garage? Miss Emma is. Thank you. So you will all do exactly what I say. Yes, ma'am. And hopefully I don't die because on Sunday I'm going to Sitting Board Speedway and learning how to ride a Speedway bike. Oh, God, oh. help you. Your, your fear of loose tires will yep. be over when that oh, day is yep. over. Yep. Your, with yeah, no yeah. brakes. You're just going to be doing like 180 no seats No. <clears throat> but a lot of torque. I know. I'm a like, I'm, I'm jumping in. I'm make jumping sure, in. Make sure you take plenty of pictures. Um, so you're either going to be riding a Jawa or a Westlake. <laughs> but 500cc <clears throat> single. Yeah. Frigging nuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they're putting us on a 125. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Little baby one. Um, Beginner class. We'll find out. Yeah. But that's all what is going on with me. That's pretty dope, man. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I really the stories I'm I'm hearing and finding out about these riders. When are you leaving for England? Like Friday, Thursday, Thursday. Oh shit! Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just gonna be going for the weekend. (laughs) So weekend trip over to London, Uh (laughs) jet setter. But we're looking at the calendar because the drier weather is around the corner and the calendar's starting to fill up. We got the quails coming, Sacramento Mm -hmm. miles coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got the Moto Bird Adventure. Adventure. So yeah, if you're not familiar, Moto Bird Adventures who came to the podcast, they do some really amazing tours in Mexico, women tours generally, they've got a co-ed event. Hey, With Law Tigers. Law Tiger, yeah. Rawr. And it's, I think it's a Carrizo Plain National Monument. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is down in Slow County, San Luis Obispo, uh-huh. inland a little bit. And it's an area I've been wanting to check out because i got some great uh, dirt biking back there. And oh, it's supposed it's, to be... It's fantastic. Uh, San Luis Obispo County is, is the whole central coast of uh, America is beautiful. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's neat. Well... Uh, and there's a great place out there called the Pozo Saloon, which is yes, like the Pozo Saloon biker bar, yeah, which is great. And I found a game changer for me. Yeah, one of the reasons I hate going on these kind of trips is camping, because <laughs> I hate trying to get into tents. As somebody who has no use of my knees, meaning I can't <laughs> squat down, nor can I, I kneel or crawl. I cannot. Right. It, my knees cannot touch ground. It, it's not vacation if you sleep it's, on the ground. It's 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 <laughs> it's not pretty. It's very difficult. Getting in and out of tents is hard. Yeah. I discovered a tent cot. Mm. It's a cot with an inflatable mattress and a tent around it. Nice. Wow. Yeah, the tent starts at the at the cot, not the ground. So oh, you're cool. elevated. It's an elevated tent on a mattress and I bought the double. Nice. <laughs> I bought the double wide. No, that's so right that's a game changer, uh, so I'm excited. How does that fit on the bike? It doesn't? Uh, no. I've yeah. <laughs> seen how big it is yet. Little details. But we're trailering. Yeah, that'd be okay. fun. But yeah, a lot of stuff starting to calendars filling up. Exactly. Lots coming up. But we do have some emails I want to get to. Email time! And I have one from our friend Jane Davis. Hey, Jane Davis. She says, hey, Misfits, I got my shirt not too long ago, so so excited. Thank you. Which reminds me, I do still have shirts for sale. I only have medium, large, extra large, and double XL. I got to buy a medium from you, so... You better get them. I only have a few left. I'm going to Venmo the shit out of you right now. No, okay. I, I, I think I just got the last one. Knock, no. Knock. Stop. I just got the last one, bro. What? But this is a limited run. I'm not making more of this. Wow. So get them while you can. I uh, just PayPal um, 28 bucks for the U.S. 
that includes shipping to uh, our, our address, our email address, RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. And in the notes, tell me what size. So she got her shirt. She says, have a quick question. Within the next year, I'm planning on buying a new helmet. Mm-hmm. I still love the one I got from y'all's gear closet, and I'm saving up to purchase one that'll better fit me. Mm-hmm. I know eventually, once I grow out of my current small bike, I want to upgrade to an adventure dual sport bike. Should I buy an adventure helmet in preparation for my desire to do off-road? Or just a standard street helmet and wait to get that type of helmet when I actually get on dirt and take those steps. I'm still a new rider in my first year, and there's so much I want to buy that I'm trying to think of the ways I can be most cost-effective overall, like buying a helmet that can serve two purposes. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what's the answer to that? I think she should buy a helmet that will serve two purposes. Mm -hmm. Get a dual sport one. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, there's so many crossover helmets now. I mean, Icon is a great example. So, back to Icon. Hey, Amanda. Um, that Icon do a helmet, that visor, and you can take the visor off if you want, put a peak on it. Now it's a dual sport helmet. Yeah, they got that yep. new modular one that yeah. does cool shit like that. And Liza, you love your dual well, sport helmet. You're always telling me I should get one. Well, and it's a modular. Well, here's the thing with dual sport helmets. A lot of them is they have kind of this in mind where they're uh, uh, you can go about 50 to 60 to even 70 miles an hour, and it's the buffeting's not too bad, and you're not getting too much drag. Because the way their visors are designed, there's like, you know, aerodynamic, you know, somewhat aerodynamically mm-hmm. capable of doing that. Like my uh, my uh, Bell helmet, my X9, I believe. I got it for like 250 bucks, but uh, I ride a naked bike. When I do, I'm going 75 and it's okay. You know, well, so. my first dual sport helmet was one of the um, the built the cycle you know at Cycle Gear. Mm-hmm. They're like 99 bucks. I rode it to Pakistan. I still have it. Yeah. They're not bad um helmets um my answer is yes to everything (laughs) have them all why just have one helmet well you know it's it's all very well but you know to a lot of people cost is an issue yeah Yeah. you know to working people especially these days well here's the thing Uh, i for the longest while i only had one helmet but Mm -hmm. i bought a really decent helmet and it served me very well and was very comfortable and i went through many many miles on it right and it might be worth it for you to spend that five to four hundred fifty dollars for with that one dual sport helmet that's amazing and but have it for a while, you know? The, the the thing I can't stress enough, and it sounds like I'm plugging bike shops, and I'm, I kind of am, but yeah. not. The one thing you should never buy online, unless you're absolutely cocksure, is a helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because an Arai fits different to a Shoei, mm-hmm. which fits different to an LS2, which fits different to a Bell. Yeah, they I are agree. all different until you know what actual shape your head is you you know you could have you can have an awry shaped head and the most expensive showy in the world is going to feel uncomfortable yep mm-hmm. so you need to go into a bike shop and try on helmet and you might find that the small inner bell fits you perfectly and the large inner awry pinches you yeah i found it really hard to find a good fitting helmet 
Yeah. It's a lot harder than you think it is. Yeah, because it's not just about the size. It's about the shape, too. It's, and, it's and about the shape of your people, noggin. People have a wide variety of shapes, shaped head, heads, so... I can't believe anybody has got a shaped head like you, Bagel. Well, you know, nobody can. not everybody can be like me. Okay. <laughs> I will say the, the helmet that I wear that I do love, and I'm actually thinking of buying another one just to have as a backup for when this one is, you know, it's just hard to let go of a helmet you love, as Knock can confess. Mm-hmm. You, you wear that, that, that thing so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have the Scorpion EXO AT950. Mm-hmm. And it's a modular ADV helmet. It's, it's cool got helmet. the flip down um, sun shield inside. Um, you can attach your comms to it if you want. And they run um, 269 for like solid color, yeah, 289 okay. for That's colors. about a mid price yeah. helmet. You know, it's a mid price mm-hmm. helmet, but I really like it. I had a Scorpion helmet too. Uh, I think it was a 710, say mid level. It was great. I really yeah. like that helmet. Yeah. It was comfortable. Everything worked well. Well, the other thing about it is you can pop the visor off if you don't right. want to wear it. You just pull out a quarter, unscrew it. You can take that off, stick it in your bag if you're going to do like freeway speeds right. or something. Yeah. But I did test it on the Super Duke. I got it up to about 115 miles per hour before it started to get shaking. Wow. Right. That's pretty good, though. So it has pretty good, uh, lets the wind pass through the visor yeah. really right. well. Right. Yeah. That, that's a good place you want to be. I've been doing doing really well with LS2 helmets. Hmm. Um, and they're cheap as chips, but they're, they're Chinese-made helmets. But graphics are great. You know, I've been down a couple of times wearing an LS2, yeah. and they've protected my <laughs> noggin. Um, so, you know, but I can't stress it enough. The most expensive helmet in the world, if it doesn't fit you correctly, it's going to hurt you more than you could possibly imagine. If nothing else, you're going to be so bloody uncomfortable, you can't concentrate on riding your bike. Yeah, uncomfortable riding is not fun riding. And it'll also introduce fatigue a lot sooner. Right. The only time I've been jealous of lights, because you always tell me to get one with a visor, the only time Mm -hmm. I'm jealous is when we're out cruising, Mm because the wind doesn't seem to affect you as much as I would think. No. But when the sun starts to get low in the sky, for like an hour and a half, you're riding into the sun. We, We live on the West Coast in the morning we're riding east and in the sun and in the afternoon we're riding west home and it's so frequently that we're riding into the sun and mm-hmm. i just kind of dip my head down and it's worth it for that yep yeah well good um emma i think Hello, we have time darling. for one more email i have an email here from john hillenbrand hey john hey john, hey, john. um Thank you so much for my Patreon t-shirt. I wore it this weekend Yay. at the International Motorcycle Show in D.C. Yeah. And Rapid. got some comments on the shirt and the Send podcast. Us a picture. Well, as you should, darling, because Very we cool. are world famous, you know. What are they saying? <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm going to get to the nitty-gritty. Um, it was 28 <clears throat> degrees when I rode out in D.C. Didn't get much above 30, yeah, damn. which brings me to my question. I have heard many times that motorcycle tires need to be warmed up, and when cold, they have far less grip. That is true. What about winter riding? Even after some riding at speed around the DC Beltway, when I put my hand on the tires after my ride, they still felt quite cold and hard. It seems hard to imagine that there's much heat in there with the air temperature slow. That there isn't. Um, so do tyres somehow warm up and get more grip when it's winter time freezing out? Am I no. taking an extra risk when I ride out on cold and hopefully ice-free roads? Well, it, mm-hmm. there's two parts to this question. Um, two parts to my answer. First part is, no, your tyres don't get warm in winter time. There simply isn't the temperature out there. Mm-hmm. 
but you can keep yourself safe and you're gonna keep yourself safe by adjusting to the cold weather conditions yep. you need to understand that when you're, the temperature's hovering around 30 you're not gonna have the same amount of grip as on a blistering hot summer day so you're gonna adjust your riding accordingly you should pull out the torch jim loves to torch everything right now doesn't he i've been torching the fuck out of shit <laughs> yeah um torch but, tires. no i mean it's it's simple physics yeah um you're at the at the at this point you're riding to what conditions allow you to right and yeah. not riding what you want and the, you know we do that anyway yeah. You know, you ride in the rain, you adjust <clears throat> yeah. your riding. Yeah. Now, you and if you if you want to try to get heat in the tires, one of the easiest ways, right, is just quick, like quick acceleration, quick braking. But, but I mean, you're still so, not going to heat I mean, up the that thing much. is, th- there's a lot of transfer of heat between the ground and the tire. Now, you can demonstrate this as on a hot summer day. Well, okay, it's all very well putting the palm of your hand on the road. Flip your hand over and put the back of your hand on the road. It'll burn the living crap out of Mm. you. Um, Now, that heat, as the tyre rotates and you you add in the friction, the tyres get pretty damn hot, and heat means grip. Because as the rubber heats up, the coefficient of friction between the tyre and the road also, you know, the actual coefficient of friction goes up, so the tyre grips really, really well. On a cold day, on a really cold day, so, you know, we're talking about close to freezing here. There simply isn't the heat there. And you're getting marginal amount of heat from the the friction between the tyre and the road. But it simply isn't enough to get the rubber up to working temperature. And as John demonstrated, you know, the tyres are still cold and hard. You know, they're still behaving like cold tyres. So you're saying you should do a burnout? (laughs) <laughs> you, I mean, you can, but you're going to lose that heat so quickly. Yeah, because yeah, if you if you think about it, if you're rolling down the road, your tire as, as much as your tire warms up as it as it contacts another piece of the road going forward, Slim that road is cold too. as hell, and it's going to cool off your tire as you're rolling. Right. So, so you could set fire to your tires, mm. and if you go for a ride on a thirty degree day, yeah, you could set fire to your tires, and they're going to grip. Like spoo to a blanket for about a minute. For about a minute, and then the did you say spoo to a blanket? <laughs> no. Wait. What? I just wait. What? Yes. Um, so yeah. But then. Um, yeah. Watch the paint. Yeah. Careful right. of the paint on there. Exactly. But what you know, once that freezing condition in the road gets a hold of it, it's going to bring the temperature straight back down. Yeah. So all I'm saying, John, is take it easy in the winter, mate. Yeah. I mean, my hat's off to you. Um, you're riding in 28 degrees. You're friggin' badass, but make sure that you compensate for it. Yeah, yeah, I would worry not so much about getting heat in your tires, but like actual patches of black ice. Mm-hmm. That's more of a danger than your tire not well, having black a ice, mechanical grip or anything. Black ice can catch you out. Yeah. Because you can say, okay, it's above freezing, so there's going to be no black ice. However,. Mm-hmm. In areas, say, under bridges, yep. where mm-hmm. there's no sunshine, and especially if you've got a bit of wind blowing through, which you tend to get <clears> under bridges anyway, or over bridges. Or even a low spot in the ground. Or a low spot in the ground, it can bring the temperature down just enough to form black ice. Yeah. So you know the test of black ice. If you see a wet road, and you're following somebody, and you don't see a spray coming off the tires, mm. you're on black ice. Yeah. The Greyhound test is you're driving along 
because remember I was a greyhound driver you're driving along and you see a wet road in front of you in your headlights on a greyhound what you used to do was turn on the four-way flashers and on a greyhound you had fo- you had turn signals at the front and at the back but you had about three or four down the side of the bus as well mm. and there was there was there was a turn signal right in between the dual wheels at the back Mm -hmm. and you'd look at that one specifically and if you didn't see any spray coming off the wheels and it's wet road guess what you're on black ice now you're on black ice the worst thing you can do is panic so what you do then is you just gradually reduce your speed Mm -hmm. down if you touch the brakes, you're done. You're yep. gonna, and you don't want to spin a greyhound. And trust me. And don't steer. And don't steer. And don't honk on the brakes. Same applies to a bike. I hit black, I hit black ice in a parking lot once on a motorcycle where I just kind of coasted into the lot, put my feet down, put on the brakes. It didn't stop. I just kept kind of right, exactly. And, but, but it was on a slight incline, so I started sliding sideways, and I'm like, "What is happening?" <laughs> right. It was weird. I just kept my feet out, and I kept. But if if you're unlucky enough mm-hmm. to hit black ice at any kind of speed, you know the the idea is is just to shave yeah, off your, your speed hose. as slowly as possible, and you know you're gonna crap your knickers. I mean, it's yeah. Well, I mean, in my take on it, in regards to tire temperatures, you. The only time I really ever worry about that is if I'm on the track. Because ultimately, you're judging your uh, amount of grip based on tire temperature to begin with. Yeah, but let on me... On the street, you're not going to even reach those tire, uh, the temperatures that you're going to need. No, but you... So. No, rubber, like any other compound, it changes the coefficient of friction yeah. the warmer the tire gets. Right. And what John is saying, and he's quite right, is that tires have less grip at 28 degrees than they do right at i generally agree with that but like how much ultimate grip do you need at 28 degrees versus 75 and are you going to demand the amount of grip that well you shouldn't allowed? no you should if you're right. scraping pegs at 28 degrees right you've got you've got <laughs> exactly scraping them off the road you're, then right. you're barely seen i mean at right. that point yeah. then we goes back to the argument just ride for the conditions exactly so. and i mean that's that's where the buck stops just ride yeah. for the conditions yeah well what do you guys think for episode 300 how do we do i think we we didn't really talk about much in it's like, but we, it's like Having a 37th birthday. You're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> it, it shows when we come in with not with really anything planned. We could just keep talking, can't we? Yeah. Two hours. Well, Let's not, go another hour. Yeah. No. Well, we all like... <laughs> talk more about Robert. Yeah. We all like the sound of our own voices, but, you know... Um, you especially. <laughs> oh, f- oh. Well, well, you would too, Knock, if you had a voice that lovely. <laughs> this is That's true. That's not very kind, <laughs> no. Well, I like... To be fair, I like your voice too. Oh, that's oh. so sweet. <laughs> 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 See I flipped that shit? Nice comeback, <laughs> asshole. Um, but you know, it's. I would just like to take a moment and thank everybody who actually yes. takes time and listens to us. We get the neatest emails. I mm-hmm. mean, I I could spend. I would quite happily spend the rest of my life just sitting reading emails from our listeners because they say the kindest things. Um, especially when they say get rid of Narcom. Yeah. Um, there it is. I can feel your hate. You, <laughs> let your hate flow through you. <laughs> you guys are great. Patreon subscribers, too. Honestly, it's without our Patreon subscribers, there would be no motorcycles and misfits. Yeah. So um, just carry on doing what you're doing. You guys are fucking awesome. And don't forget to go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Whoop, whoop. Where you can find the links to everything. 
everything you could possibly want except in the for, universe. Except for how to buy one of our new t-shirts. And that, <laughs> just go send me PayPal. RecycleMotorcycleGarage yeah. at gmail.com. Tell me what size. We've got limited numbers, but yeah, do still have 2XL, we're, XL, large, and just a couple mediums. We're never going to do a second run of these shirts, are we? This is like unique, <clears throat> exclusive shit, or what? If we do, it would be next year. Okay. Um, I will admit, it is a great design. Everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just doing one big run a year, because you, we yeah. still have our Zazzle store that you can go on there and buy shir- our, all yeah. of our other shirts. You see, I'm capable of saying nice things about you, Nock. You did a fantastic design on our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> even though you are a bit of a bloody <laughs> yeah, knob. No. Checks in the mail, honey. No, even though you are a complete knob, <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you know. actually did a good job on the T-shirts. Uh, I have my moments. I'm surprised there's not a droopy penis in there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe there no, is. There is. <laughs> no, Maybe there is. You there is, just like, where's just Waldo? gotta look for it. <laughs> like, where's the droopy Maybe Wally Wanker? Maybe squint your eye at like thirty feet. It's just a big dick going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Oh my god. And to and to all the people that sent me uh, the video of the scooterists getting the dildos smacked oh, onto their yes. face. Isn't that great? Uh, thank you for three days. I had that sent to me. Continue. Seven hundred of them. I, I think I might have been the first one. No. Yeah, no, you're about wow. number 16. <laughs> what? Well, Damn, alas, it is, it is our legacy. I mean, rubber dicks seem to be a, a common denominator amongst misfits. Dildos yeah. are just funny, man. Should I yeah, take dildos are funny. Face. Should I take one to the Ace Cafe? I think you Absolutely. should. <laughs> I think you should. You should just have, like, your suitcase with nothing in it except the dildo. You know, I think <laughs> if you check failed... If you failed... To smack Haley over the hel- helmeted head with a dildo, she would never forgive you. No, you need to dick her. <laughs> I kind of feel like going as a BBC producer and taking a dildo is is probably the challenge I that, that I should meet. Just I, put it in the violin wow. case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect, dude. Well, we'll figure it is out. Is a weapon in there? In a matter of speaking? Um, yes. I want it to be. So, yeah, yeah um, next week, Liza will not be here. Um, I don't think you're going to be here either, are you not? No, I'll probably you're doing be MotoGP. We'll see what's up, yeah. So, oh, um, cool. we are, a, um, myself, Bagel, and Jim, and probably Henry, and hopefully a couple of others, we'll put a show of some description together, but it will be a shit show. I think we should do electric mini bike Olympics. <laughs> oh, God help us Decathlon. <laughs> and we should have, definitely have bows and arrows and fire involved. Oh well, God. no, let's save that for the Moto Bird Adventures trip. Well, we'll warm it We're up. We're going to break out all the toys there. Right. But there so, will be a show next week, um, <clears throat> albeit a lean one, because Fearless Leader will be in Londinium. Those, the are, always the best, Those are always the Those best. Those are always the best. That's yeah. the ones I like. We'll bring back all the, all, the good, all the good people. Yes. All right. I think we're ready to wrap. Thank I you again, are. everyone, for listening. Thank you for getting us to 300. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, million was big and 300 is big. Jeez. It's just one after another, Liza. It's just one accolade after That's another. 600 hours you can't get back, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. I think we're ready to get out of here. This is Liza. Henry. Bagel. Emma, darling. Oh, Debbie Deb. (laughs) (laughs) Debbie Deb. Shout out to Australia. Naked Jim. G'day, mate. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. Cool.